All right, gentlemen, are we ready? Commence. Run program. Ready as I'll ever be. Beep, beep. Episode of Geek Fanthology. Um, for purposes of this episode, I think I will refer to myself as Bureau Chief Aramaki. I will claim that. Because um, Aramaki's a pimp. Um, Neil Cordray and I am joined this week by. The one true Ben. Michael. And. Wookie. And um, if you couldn't tell from me claiming the title of Bureau Chief Aramaki, today we are going to be talking. About Ghost in the Shell. Today you're the old guy. Yeah, today I'm playing the old guy, but you know what? That is okay. Because, like I said, Aramaki is totally badass. Yep. He yep. is the second most badass character in Ghost in the Shell. After Bato. Uh, I was going to say after the Major. <laughs> and, and, and Bato... Hashtag Team Bato. Bat- Bato is definitely like in, in the top five. There's only five. <laughs> There's only more than five. You're leaving well, out Ishikawa and Saito, and they're all badass. They're all. They're the thing is, the thing is, all of Public Security Section Nine is completely, totally badass. It's like that's a kind of Ocean's Eleven. You know, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, Or SEAL Team Six. Yeah, it's probably a better analogy. Yeah, so there's SEAL Team Nine. <laughs> yep. We are going to be talking not only about the new movie that came out, but. Um, because it is an adaptation of an anime, and uh, even though we don't mention it very often, Wookiee and I are huge anime nerds. <laughs> um, we don't really mention it all that often, but Ghost in the Shell was first uh, an, an, uh, an OVA um, slash movie. Um, came out in 1995 based off of a manga that, was, that came out in 89. Um, so this is going to be a little bit of a longer episode. We're shooting for around two hours instead of the standard hour and a half, so everybody be aware. Um, there will be on all of our things, I'll actually put timestamps for if you just want to skip to the section we want to, you want to hear us hear about. I will, uh, I'll, I'll time those. We're going to be talking about the anime first. Then we're going to be talking about the live action movie. And then we're going to be comparing the two. For the entire episode, and we will be repeating ourselves on this a couple times, there are going to be completely unmarked spoilers, unless the people who decide we want to, unless we say, decide we want to say spoilers before something. Um, The anime is 27 years, not 27, 22 years old, Um, so quit your bitching. Yeah, (laughs) if you haven't seen it by now. Yeah, and the movie... Because of the format in which we are going to be discussing, I mean, we can maybe do five minutes of non-spoiler, was it worth going to see? Um, I think that'd be about it. Is yeah, all that's it. It'll be about five minutes. Yeah, it'll be about, about five freaking yes minutes. No. Yeah, five minutes tops on that. Yeah, it'll be about five stuff. freaking minutes long um, before we have to get into spoilers. Uh, anyway, so um, we'll just, we'll, we'll say, yeah, I mean, I'd say it's worth seeing. Anybody else disagree? I agree. I got some reservations in saying that, but that go- goes into spoiler territory right there. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there will be spoilers. So spoiler warning, spoiler warning. Ow, ow. Red alert, red alert. 
Um, with that being said, uh, Ghost in the Shell. Um, oh, and tonight, in celebration, I what am are you drinking, drinking, Neil? I'm drinking a cocktail that is simply called the Major. Um, Major uh, Motoko Kusanagi is the uh, main character, is the is the, pro- the primary protagonist of Ghost in the Shell. Um, so this is a drink named after her. It's uh, it's supposed to be just. Uh, cream, creme de cacao, and light rum, but I didn't buy cream, so I bought Irish cream instead, so it's a little sweeter. Um, Nothing wrong with that. Pretty good. A little more alcohol. It's really not bad. Tastes kind of like an Enchantress, which is a different cocktail altogether. That can be taken it so many ways. sounds delicious. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Enchantress is a very nice cocktail. Um, so yeah, Ghost of the Shell, the movie. Jeez, oh, well, the first movie. anime movie. The anime yeah. movie. <laughs> Uh, geez, yeah, it's gonna be complicated. This is, sorry, everyone. This is gonna be kind of a complicated episode. Also, I'm still eating. So, <laughs> but Ben, you said you watched it last night. Or yes. This, okay. Last night, this morning. I've seen it multiple times. I watched it again today because it's been a long time since I've seen it. And I saw it last week. Yeah. So this is my first time seeing it. The whole, you know, seeing the whole thing. And um, I first saw it when I was still early into anime. Yeah, same. And it blew my. I think it's what actually got me more into cyberpunk because there wasn't really a lot of you yeah. know stuff. It, well, it's also cyberpunk before cyberpunk was very much of a genre. Exactly yeah. right, which is one of the things I noticed about it is that um, for someone who may not be familiar with cyberpunk as a genre, or may think they're not interested in it. It makes it very accessible or, for someone yeah. who isn't like you know up on that stuff. And I, I was really impressed with how it managed to kind of deftly cover all these deep things without making it, like, plotting or too complicated. Like, mm-hmm, yeah. you know, it kind of it has a breadth of deep things, and then if you want to delve deeper, you have all this other material you can, yeah. you know, consume. Yeah. yeah. Well, who was it during an episode or just during a discussion of ours that we had where we said, I think it was during the movies we were looking forward to, talking about Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. And we said, if they're going to make it right, you really don't get everything out of the first viewing. Right. 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 No, yeah. I'm not sure whether they accomplished that or not. Um, but that's <coughs> that's the that's you, the mean, live you mean the new movie? Yeah, the live action yeah. movie. Yeah. The yeah. anime, that's, that's, oh my god, there is still things that you that you pull out oh, yeah. 20, the 30 viewings in. Um, yeah. Well see, and the anime differs from a lot of American entertainment in that it <coughs> pardon me, it goes in that it's anime? Well no it, yeah. well yeah that it's anime, but where that specifically, there's one left. Okay. Where that specifically differs is there were two distinct sections within the movie that were all about mood. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just yeah. music and scenery. Those long, those panning shots. Yeah. Yeah, with the and with with the uh, voices singing, uh, yeah. chanting, and high pitched. Yeah. Or uh, the, and then there was the one with the the the. Uh, uh, that was just instrumental, um, and <clears throat> more importantly, not yours. I just needed um, it moved. Some of the imagery that they used, um, I, and this is again something that is specific to my. Um, uh, this is specific to my experience um, in researching um, in researching for books and things like that. A lot of the imagery that they used. Um, was can be traced directly back to a place that no longer exists, the walled city of Kowloon outside of Hong Kong. Yep. Mm. 
Um, and so you get this crowded, you know, almost inside a maze of, and a lot of it, yeah, you see in, in, in Asian cities, but some of these, some of those, that imagery with the exposed pipes and the, and the very raw, you know, never seen a contractor in its life, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's, uh, like Blade Runner, a lot of the scenery in Blade Runner. A lot of scenery. Blade Runner took a lot of that, but what Blade Runner had, or what where this differs, mm-hmm. um, the Kowloon look is very salvaged, very um, almost you know, very post-apocalyptic in in a way because this is shit that people put together with their own. Hands. I'm gonna bust out a fancy word, derelict. Huh? <laughs> derelict. Derelict. That's yeah, a derelict. Not derelict. That's uh, a. Yeah, this is Pretty, like, very like, derelict. Yes, derelict. Um, uh, yeah, very derelict. Very junkyard. It should be pointed out that. Oh, uh, you know what? I think derelict works because that implies that it looks really cool. Yeah, <laughs> it should. <be> <laughs> it's derelict. That, that you you actually got it in one with the post-apocalyptic. Yeah, yeah. This is not necessarily widely uh, like it's not something that gets said very often. But right. there has been World War Three, which was a nuclear war, right. um, in the world of Ghost in the Shell. Right. Now it was like twenty freaking years ago. <laughs> now you know what that reminds me of the whole post-apocalyptic thing and stuff. What what kind of occurred to me is some of the parallels with Shadowrun, where mm-hmm. in Shadowrun, one of the most, if not the most, uh, pr- biggest, like the uh, most addictive substance or thing and problem is BTLs are better than life, which is essentially a simulation for your brain to trick you into thinking, hey, this is reality. And you're actually like living out your fantasies or your ideal life or whatever, than the as opposed to the crap world that you're actually in. You only get like maybe a year instead of fifty years or whatever. But a lot of people choose to do that because the world they live in is so terrible. Yeah. And I found yeah. it interesting that you mentioned the the walled city and all that because um, the I think maybe some of the symbolism or metaphor mm-hmm. there is that mm-hmm. everything is so terrible and constrained that they have to escape into the mm-hmm. you know virtual reality the matrix the internet whatever they call it you know whatever the, the network is because to not do so is just so depressing and terrible yeah yeah well and um, other thing you know something anachronistic in in, in the Mike can you hand me my mouse that I noticed is phone booths yep <laughs> Speaking of the Matrix, yeah. Well, of course, the Matrix has been heavily inspired by Ghost in the Shell. That is so that does not surprise yeah, me. And, and, and they were completely open about yeah, it. Yeah, they were like, the, the, yeah, the Wachowski siblings were like, I guess they're just the Wachowski sisters now, aren't they? Um, but Let's they just, just go by siblings. the Wachowskis. Wachowskis were uh, were very were very <laughs> like. So yeah, we watched a lot of Ghost in the Shell and uh, and Chinese Wuxia, and that was why we wanted to make the Matrix. Yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I don't know if they had any inspiration from it or not, but um, Johnny Mnemonic reminded me a lot of Ghost in the Shell, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's been ages since I've seen that movie. Yeah. To watch that again. It's entirely possible. Because didn't that use tape? As part of the... Uh, I think it did. Part of the... Uh, and Mnemonic came out in the 90s, too, didn't it? I want to say 95-ish. Same time. That would be... Well, yeah, so it could have been influenced more, more by the manga than the anime. Right. Um, yeah. Pretty close, regardless. Let's see, what was I going to... I don't know. So I think the easy, really the best way we can do this, despite it seem, seeming a little weird, is just to kind of go down plot point by plot point. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you haven't seen Ghost in the Shell, if you haven't seen the anime, fucking see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's beautiful. It's 
iconic as all hell. Yep. Yeah. Whether you have seen Ghost in the Shell or not, you have seen shots from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, reproduced one place or another. Just like Seven Samurai. You may not have seen the movie, but you've seen the shots over and over and over yeah, again. Yeah, you have there have been there are things that have been repeated from it so many times. Yeah. It pretty much set the standard for what we know as Cyberpunk now. Yeah. Yeah, it really did. Absolutely. Uh, because it introduced things introduced things that even now modern uh, modern storytelling does not have. Like Mindcoms. Yep. Uh, I love that concept. When did it come out in in the U.S.? When was it released? But also the idea of um, it, 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 uh, mm-hmm. in Ghost in the Shell, the idea that the more you enhance, the more you actually lose who you are. Right. And that's a big mm-hmm. part of the Deus Ex series. And Shadowrun right. as and well. Shadow and Shadowrun. And Shadowrun yeah. and Cyberpunk 2025. Yeah. 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 Um, I, and I like of, that. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the big concepts throughout is the, is the mention of one's ghost. Yeah, a whisper yes. in your ghost. You know, the your ghost is is the you that is, is you know you. Yeah, your soul. Your soul. Your soul. The By the way, I, I love coming from. I, I love that concept, like you were saying about the trade off for humanity, because it's an interesting conundrum where <clears throat> um, people uh, give up larger and larger pieces of their humanity in order to, in order to better protect and serve humanity. So where do you draw that line of where you start becoming a danger because of your detachment? You know, you know, it's a very dangerous where, yeah. uh, needle to thread. Where do the where do the sacrifices that you make in the name of humanity? And, that, and that's something I can call out specifically <clears throat> from the original anime movie. Is um, I forgot if it's uh, was it no, it wasn't Bato. It was the other guy, right? That was all human. Yes, Togusa. 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 Yeah, and um, and just an interesting side note: he was completely cyberized in uh, the manga. No one was was fully human. Huh. Weird. Yeah. Well, I like that choice for the movie. I, I like that exchange where Major was like, we need someone like you. Yeah. It's and that's actually why he was kept as fully human, minus minor, like, minus a cyber brain. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, in every iteration since. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he's the one, you know, he is the, he is the anachronistic one, because uh, he carries yeah. that revolver. He exists to see things like a human as opposed to like a like a right. cyborg. Right. I find that interesting that Major is self-aware <clears throat> enough to know that that is needed. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, see, and, and that's one of the other things is that as 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 much as she is all machine, she is still very human, even though she resists seeing herself in that way. Major. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, even though she refuses to see herself in that way. Mm-hmm. She still has, you know, it, it's very much that her ghost is intact. I feel that it's a defense mechanism of hers because she doesn't want to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. She'd rather just throw herself into her work and not think about yeah. it so much. Right. It, it so. also shows a good example of the fact that some people's sense of self or ghost or whatever you want to call it is stronger than others. Right. Mm-hmm. And not even just in Ghost in the Shell. Things like um, Robocop where he's virtually all cyborg right. except for his arm and his brain. Oh god, they relate to Robocop. <laughs> <laughs> and he still eventually manages to get back most of who he was. Yeah. yeah. So it was, we're, we're kind of bringing the stretch a little bit. We want to go down, get back onto plot points. That's fine. Yeah, let's get yeah. back onto plot points. So it starts... Um, with Major standing on top of the building, getting ready to jump off of it. I'm Batman. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Batwoman. About the same time, honestly. Um, yeah. Early, early mid-90s. Um, listening Batman, in Batman. on Batman. net chatter. 
Right. Um, and then she takes off all her clothes and jumps off a building. Yep. <laughs> and it disappears. Um, yep. It should. It, it is something to be said. Um, there is actually a whole hell of a lot of nudity in the anime movie, but it's not really sexual. Yeah. Right. I mean, yes, there are her boobs. Yeah. She has and nipples. yes, they have nipples on them even. But you know what? Okay, there they are. Yeah, I would. I would. If if someone found that. If, if someone found any sort of sexuality in that movie, I would wonder about their mental health. Because it was just so unsexy. It was so unsexualized. It was just like... There was a, there, there was a minor, uh, not sexual, but post-sexual undertone at the very end where, where uh, she's lying there next to the puppet master body. Yeah. Kind of. Well, yeah, a little bit. If you really want to read into it hard. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that, that but you have to read into it hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he said hard. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, I think I think you have to get away to really. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, yeah, I think you'd have to kind of reach for that because that was at the end of this deep philosophical conversation between her and the puppet master, mm-hmm. of which about what is the meaning of life and existence. Yeah, right. and, which is, and, and what is it that really makes someone. Alive. To, yeah. to, to reduce that to a sexual thing is uh, ridiculous because that is the ultimate yes. form of intimacy is two beings actually becoming one. Yes. Right. Yeah. And that was that, that goes beyond. Yeah. I yes. think it does re- going to sex kind of reduces because, yeah, that's. that's I, I, just, I just have to play devil's advocate and be like, yeah. if, if you said if anyone finds anything, there is a way you can find something sexual well, it's not if so much, you are trying. It's not so much can you find it, it's does that actually do it for you? Yeah, that was oh, my yeah. point. No. If you are actually yeah. turned on by anything, yeah, something, if any of that does it for something you, is you wrong. yeah, there. I mean, yeah. either well, that or you're <laughs> either that or you're in middle school. Yeah, yeah. I think and I, I, boobs. Yeah, right. exactly. Uh, because I mean, that you're right. That was the ultimate intimacy. Yeah, right. You know, sharing their very existence. Um, I always feel bad for Bato in that movie because he's got it for the major so bad. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he is definitely he's so effective. Yeah, he's still always there for. Yes, he's always there for. And he's no chance. Yeah, and he's not. Yeah, he's not doing the. Well, I put my friends over there. Yeah, he doesn't. I mean, that's the ultimate. That's the ultimate love right there. Is that he accepts that he accepts that he will not be with her, but he loves her anyway. So he just is always there for. I just always kind of feel bad for him because, not not because, um, he's feeling those feelings, but because. Either the major is unaware or just is asexual, yeah. which I am not sure which. It's given that she's ambiguous. in a robot body, in a mechanical body, I can see her being asexual because you know unless they put in in before she's a lesbian in the manga. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, then there's, that begs the question of why put boobs on her. I would assume because she's supposed to pass as human, but yeah, yeah. it's because it, it is so that. Uh, yeah, it, it is so that she looks younger. So it's just a weird mm. other people out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if her, if her identity were originally was female, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it's supposed to make the transition easier, I guess, to have normal things you're used to from your mm-hmm. natural yeah, body before. Anyway, so, so plot points. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, they're, they're she jumps off the building. She jumps off a building because it looks like uh, public public security section six 
which is the bad guys in this movie. Spoilers. <laughs> um, yeah, that's how I'm doing spoilers. Um, after I after you do the spoiler, kind of like Doctor uh, Strange, the warnings come after the spells. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if you really want to, if you really want to hunt for sexual stuff, you have section six and you have section nine. Oh my! Yes, <laughs> but um, they um, they're itching to catch a guy who's trying to defect to the uh, to the uh, to, Amer- to the American Empire. Was it the American Empire or was it well, Gavel? Gavel is the American <clears throat> Empire. Ah, uh, okay. Um, it was definitely America. Yeah, America. Um, but it's the American Empire now, which is only the southern states, actually, in the universe. I, I love this universe and <laughs> almost everything about it. Um, I've done a lot of research. I'm sorry. Um, anyhow. It doesn't um, really matter who it is, though. Yeah, but, uh, but Major shoots a guy. Yeah, because you know, because he's, diplomatic because community. he's an American diplomat, and that's how you do diplomatic yeah. immunity. He's just been revoked. He's <laughs> just been ignored. Yeah. <laughs> and then she jumps off the building again and it disappears in front of people's faces while smiling big because yeah. there ain't nothing nobody can do about it. And last thing they see is her Chester Cat face. Yep. <laughs> you know, and her she, waving her invisible arm in front of her face and her face disappearing. Right. Yep. <laughs> yeah, she goes. She goes completely Cheshire Cat. She's a lot more of a. Scene. She's a lot more of a show woman in the original movie, which I appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. She seems to enjoy it. Yeah. You, you kind of well, have to be. Well, I will give. I will. I um. We, we will. We will get you. Um, Ghost and Shell standalone complex. <laughs> watch. Uh, watch. There's. There's an episode in second gig. Um, talk about show woman. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, it's neither here nor there. She'd have to be a bit of a showwoman, though, for yeah. the outfit she wears, especially in standalone complex. Well, not so much in, in second gig, but in second gig, she does this thing where she pretends to be a person, and. <laughs> but um, so a guy yeah. head explodes. She she poofs. Yeah, and then the next um, thing we see, and then next thing we see is uh, is rampant response uh, instances of people being quote ghost hacked. Where essentially they are given false memories, um, and they're just kind of screwed. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> wasn't wasn't there? Uh, it, uh, early on, they were also looking at a, a translator that had been ghost hacked. Uh, yeah, they were trying to find. There was some sort of big meeting happening between Gavel, which is what they were calling it, the American, right. uh, <clears throat> the American Empire, and. Uh, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, which really didn't actually matter in the grand scheme of things, other than giving an excuse for the Americans to be in Japan at the time. Well, and it was for someone for foreign affairs to betray yeah. the country too. Yeah, try to find out what's going on. Um, yeah, there is a whole hell of a lot of intrigue, uh, which is why it's kind of hard to go over. Yeah, I really wish we had like video clips. Um, but we are I not. I've gotten to watch it earlier today because I don't remember. But we are not. I know I loved the movie, but yeah. I don't remember a lot of it. We are not a video format yet. We'll get there. Pledge enough on Patreon. Um, I'll just have the laughing man symbol on my face. <laughs> or we could just have you out outside the shot. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, cloak you in shadow. <laughs> Pixelate your face. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> But 
Anyhow, um, are you talking to a cop? Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of intrigue, um, so it's really kind of hard to go over. Right. Um, I mean, so. I'd say the main the main thing to her would just be like the whole puppet master concept and the uh, the twists and turns with um, yeah. So yeah. it yeah. so there's a lot of ghost hacking. There's this really cool scene where the major beats up a guy while she's invisible and it's in a standing pool of water. Yeah, which great. is also super freaking iconic. And I'm really glad they pretty much redid shot for shot in the live action. Yeah. Because damn, was it good. (laughs) Well, and the idea was that the water actually interfered with the guys. It interfered with both of them. Right. Just not the major as much. um, Because his was on a jacket and hers was on her skin. Right. Um, Thermoptic camo. Camo. Yeah. Right. And she didn't have the veil in the the live action movie, which was a shame. Yeah. But. Yeah. Um. So, it turns out that there are some things that do have to be mentioned. Um, there was an issue with Project 2501. That's actually important, because we'll get to comparisons of the, of the live action here. Right. But, um, and something called the Puppet Master. Um, after we um, find out about some people being ghost hacked, um, we cut to a scene where the Major is doing scuba diving... Um, and it's actually important because she has a heavy cyborg body. She would sink like a stone if she didn't have, like, ballast, uh, stuff, uh, which is why she does it, because it's stupidly dangerous. Right. Um, and being there underwater helps her commune with herself. Right. Right. Cold, alone. It's a, yeah, it's a form of, yeah, it's a form of of meditation. It's kind of like a sensory deprivation chamber. Kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And trying to determine, you know, who am I? What is what is my purpose of being? Right. Um, well, I think the fear helps her stay in touch with her humanity. Yeah. Right. And that's the and that's the first half of the anime, of the of of the movie, of the OVA. Now there is <clears throat> somewhere in there. Uh, there is that first mood setting piece. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We men- didn't mention the. F- it's right after the major disappears. They actually cut to during the opening credits crawl. Um, is this huge section where there's people chanting and pe- beating on a drum while you see the major's body being assembled, being built. Yeah. Which they also recreated almost shot for shot in the live action movie, and I am once again thankful for. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's pretty cool. It was really cool to see that in live action. Yeah, really damn cool to see that in live. By the action. way, I just want to point out that the the some of the bits in the original movie where there's just like chanting and music, or whatever, and there's no dialogue, or whatever, like that was some of the most um, I think um, like significant moments for me because it just kind of let me like immerse myself in that world and just kind of like yeah, mm-hmm. I, it's kind of like this weird Zen feeling you get where you just kind of you just kind of like you know. It's like you're in the world, you kind of explore it, you know, and it's like without all the... It's kind of like uh, if you ever, you, you feel like you want to just like uh, be alone with your thoughts or whatever, you turn off the radio when you're driving, just, just specifically like, all right, enough, there's been too much noise, I just want to think or just relax or whatever. Yeah. It's that feeling, it's this kind of oasis, which I think is a very smart choice because it puts you in the major shoes. Yep. Like you're pretty much in the same state of mind that she is when she does the, you know, whole scuba diving thing. And there's a part when she's on the boat. Yeah, she's on a ferry, um, and she sees someone who looks exactly like herself. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which makes her wonder whether she is herself or whether she is a copy. Um, I can actually see where they got uh, some of the things in the live-action movie. Yeah. And I ke- I'm sorry I keep skipping ahead to the live-action movie. <laughs> um, it's just hard to describe this with um, easily. Yeah. yeah. The live-action movie is actually way more straightforward, which is kind of a problem. Right? Yeah, I agree. Um, and when we get to that... Because, like I said, if you want to make Ghost in the Shell right, you need to not actually get it entirely the first time. And I think they're... So it's hard to describe because there's like, oh yeah, this this happened. But this is also important, and this thing was a thing... And then when you peel this back, there's this layer. And having seen the whole thing, if you go back, there's this layer. (laughs) Exactly. Really, the the first time when you... Trying to describe the thing plot point by plot point... Uh, she shoots a guy. She disappears. There's some people who there's there's been rampant instances instances of ghost hacking. There's a there's a garage there, there's a garbage collector who's been uh, doing that. Uh, there's this fight. There's the fight in shallow water, and then the entire plot line gets dropped. Yeah. Or so it seems. Right. For a time. For like the next thirty minutes. Yeah. Um, and instead, the major goes scuba diving and rides a ferry. <laughs> when you just say it, it sounds dumb, but it works. Yes, yeah. it works really, really well. Because then, when she's scuba diving, that mm-hmm. whole scuba diving scene is her and Balto talking about what it means to have a soul yeah. to be alive. You know, which leads you into the second half of the movie. Well, also, feel essentially, like, the first part of the movie was this is what she does, right? And then mm-hmm. we cut to her scuba diving. Day in the life. This is who, who she, she is. is. Yes. Right. Yeah. And then we get to the actual meat and potatoes of the movie in the last thirty minutes. I did want to point out. <laughs> yeah. I think another thing that is that kind of works for me about the whole dropping that plot thread for a significant period of time is. That kind of simulates an actual police investigation. I know, right? You don't just go, oh, hey, here's a clue, here's a lead, oh, here, and Owen, within yeah. an hour, book him, Dano. No, yeah, that's not no. how it works. It's, yeah. And it's really kind of funny because the it's instances of ghost time. hacking kind of also just kind of dry up. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's said in kind of a throwaway piece of dialogue that, like, it's been two months since anything's happened. Right. <laughs> because that's that's what criminals do sometimes. They stop doing things to let the heat die yeah. down or whatever. Um, so then we start with an android body getting hit by a truck. Yes, I really am trying to still go over this plot point by plot point. Yeah. Android body gets hit by a truck, um, gets damaged to hell... But it turns out it's a super hardcore secret military android that was made um, under like the major. It was, yeah, that's almost exactly like the major. It's body. a trap. It's a trap. Um, that was also um, built on on coded instructions sent from an outside source that deleted themselves. So it wasn't like the assembly line built the body. But not for any, like, industry reason. Right. Except it turns out later that's a lie. But that's still. <laughs> um, and the body gets brought to Section 9 because Section 9 is an anti-terrorism uh, task force. And this is and, uh, an anti-terrorism, an, anti, an anti-cyber terror uh, task force. That's their job right. uh, in-universe. Yep. And there's one throwaway line in there about the Rangers in Section 4. Yep. They don't get really meant. Yeah, it they, they, their body, the body that they have, um, and their thermoptic camo, is used by the U.S. Rangers, Section Four, Section Nine, and a little bit of Section Six, and that's it. Yeah. 
Um, thermoptic camo is how they go. Is how they go invisible. Invisible. Um, so, um, so the body gets brought to section nine. Yep. And they're examining it, and it turns out, OMG, this body that has that doesn't have a human cyber brain in it has all the appearances of having a ghost. Um, like the cyber brain that is in it might have been you know, like it might have had a human imprint on it at some point but no it was like r- straight off the rack yeah and what is going on with this right yeah because it's in the backup brain yeah and then section six shows up i told you they were the villains <laughs> um trying to demand hey this body it's ours it was actually a trap for this program for this thing that got mentioned a while back that was probably responsible for the ghost hacking now, like I said, everything ties together. <laughs> right. Now, here's where Section 9, to me, really proves how badass overall they are. Mm, because because it's a, his thing, or...? Well, it's a combination of things. Because all throughout all of this, uh, was it Ishiga, uh, the leader? Aramaki. Uh, Aramaki, no fucking clue what his people are doing. Meanwhile, well, no, uh, I, I disagree with that analysis, but we'll, well, well that no, he's, it's not. Anyways, it's um, not no fucking clue. It's like go ahead and do whatever you need, whatever you think you need to do. I have complete faith in your abilities. Right, but that, that's the thing is he's <laughs> completely ignorant of the actual actions. Uh, because at one point he asks, "Why did you not?" You know, but getting ahead of myself. Yeah. Um, the all human guy. Um, Togusa. Togusa. Through complete deduction goes, huh, it took a full three seconds longer for that, for that door to close. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes, okay, let's check the... Pr- Those two guys weigh over a thousand pounds. Yeah. <laughs> Is there uh, any chance that either of them should weigh a thousand... That, that, that the two of them combined should wear it weigh half a ton? <laughs> yeah. No? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then, um, you know, and then... So throughout all of this, the Major and Bato and uh, Togusa... They're really the only three Major players in the anime, right. in the movie, which is kind of a shame. Yeah, we see Saito a little bit. Saito does, appears a little bit, so does Ishikawa a little bit. Yeah. They don't really get to shine. And we, do, and we see Saito mostly in the last half. But, um, so they you know, create this elaborate ruse where... Yeah, let's let him get away. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and they don't tell Aramaki until halfway through. Exactly. <laughs> and Aramaki's like, what's going on? And and Bato says, don't worry, Chief, we got a plan. He's like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, keep going then. Yeah, you know. Right, well then, proceed. You know, carry on. Um, you know. Now if you can, carry on. Anyways, um... Um, you know, but yeah, that's and that's the thing. I think that I think that really shows, like I said, why Section Nine is the are the badasses. That they, they are the best of the best. Yeah, because so they're all handpicked by Aramaki and the Major. Yeah, and Aramaki basically is going, "Oh, you were doing something I didn't know about." Okay, that's cool. Yeah, very well. <laughs> it seems as though you have this. Un- I will assume you have this under control. Yeah. He does not question them. Yeah. He simply <laughs> says, "Okay, go." You know, you need backup. Let me know. Yeah, let me know. <laughs> let me know if you need anything. Then goes, you know, it has Saito. You know, Saito basically, you know, dig up everything down to their. DNA. Actually, that was Ishikawa. 
that he was talking to. Saito's the sniper. He really doesn't show up in in, in mm. the OVA. Okay, which is the same because Saito's so badass. But, They're all super badass. It's not yeah. fair, but yeah, he just says, Ishikawa, I need you to find out everything. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll just we'll leave it at that. Yeah. yeah. Well, and Ishikawa was like, okay, boss. Yeah. <laughs> and. So Ishikawa was their data guy. Yeah. So Session 6 thinks they've gotten away with this shit. <laughs> We've got the puppet master locked in a body that doesn't have arms or legs. We win! Uh, no. No. <laughs> um, and then... We're going to switch cars because classic spy move. They'll never suspect us. <laughs> oh, wait. We're being followed by someone in a helicopter and someone in a car? Yeah. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, then there, and then the major... Fights a giant spider tank. Yeah, let's go hide under a big, under a massive. That, tank. That's the hallmark of uh, a truly badass operation: is not only are you ten steps ahead, but you do it in such a way to make them think that they are ten steps ahead of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they have no clue how far. And that bit about are. them having total autonomy and trust from the the chief is essentially just like, well, they're section nine, thus I implicitly trust them at all times. Yep. Because. Yeah. You have such a high threshold to be in Section 9 that yeah. you just assume you always know what you're doing and are making the right call. Yep. yep. That's how it works. Uh, so yeah, fight uh, Major on foot fights a giant spider tank. Um, and it's a really cool fight. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. Just all... Um, she essentially rabbits around until it runs out of bullets. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. That was her entire plan. because she said, the Finally, it's out of ammo. Yeah. <laughs> well, they would never run out of ammo. And then she goes and tries to pry open the the case. And then she gets disarmed. Uh, uh. <laughs> and, you know, and dis dis disarmed herself, really. But. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Dis a lot of things. She tries to pry open a sealed hatch and yeah. kind of tears her own arms and legs off. Yep. Right. Um. In mm-hmm. this really cool yet kind of disturbing uh, bit of imagery. Yeah. But then Bato saves her by shooting the. Tank with one of my sta- one of my favorite uh, lines in the movie. What is that? Your standard issue big ass gun. That's yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah, great. He gets the because he went he went back to it. Yeah, he gets all. Bato almost exclusively gets the best lines in every iteration of Ghost in the Shell I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, because he is just so sardonic. All the time. Yeah, he's, he's perfect delivery. Yeah. Yeah. He's so dry. And, and the voice acting on that, you know, is so perfect. Yeah. Dead yeah, perfect. Great. They got all they got such good voice acting. Um and then Okay. Um then the Major and the Puppet Master, which has which was an AI which turns out it was an AI. Um but not an intentionally made AI. No, it was right. it was a hacking program that gained uh, self awareness and sentience over time. Right. Um, which was a thing that was being used by Section Six to manipulate diplomatic things, and was actually responsible for all the ghost hacking previously. Right. And goes back to the guy who was trying to defect early on. Yeah. Right. Everything ties together in the last ten minutes of the movie. Yep. Yeah. Um, turns out it uh, decided it wanted to quit being a tool, and um, then 
asks the major to merge programs and consciousness with it to become a brand new thing. By the way, I'd like to point out the irony of the puppet master being the ultimate puppet until it finally takes the destiny into its own hands. I know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then snipers shoot at both of them, and Bato blocks things with an arm, and the movie looks like it's over. And then the major wakes up in the body of a small girl. Yep. Because that was the only because that was the only body that Bato could get his hands on mm-hmm. off, the black off the black market. Yep. Yeah. And then um, there's more philosophical wonderings about what uh, about what is life, meaning, truth, and beauty. Um, and the movie is actually over. Right. Right. <laughs> that description does not do the movie any sort of justice. Oh nope. God! But no. it gives you a general idea of yeah, because it doesn't cover the depth. I yeah. mean, the conversation between the Major and 2501... Uh, the Puppet, puppet master. master. Yeah, I call it 2501 because the Puppet Master was was its well, yeah. false identity. That's probably the more accurate... Uh, more Except it identified itself as, as uh, such as well. Yeah. Well, I guess that's true. But... Yeah, um, the, and, you know, the, the ending there, I guess, you know, it's open to interpretation is... Until the second movie comes around and completely fucks up the... Uh, like, everything. <laughs> yeah. But Talking about 2.0? No, uh, no, I'm not ta- not 2.0, which was kind of a remake. Okay. I'm talking about the actual Ghost in the Shell 2, which focuses on Bato, um, which you would think would be really cool, but without the major to play off of, right. he kind of is useless. Yeah, by the way, I would just like to say, uh, <laughs> if the Wachowskis were inspired by that, then they were really inspired because they decided to make a couple shitty sequels. <laughs> yeah, really. The they sequel- took it to the extreme. The sequels are... Unilateral, like Ghost in the Shell 2, not 2.0, but 2, um, was much prettier, but it was practically the same movie, except there was a whole lot more navel gazing. Um, you have to get which, just the right amount of navel gazing. Yeah, that's the thing. There was, <laughs> you've got, the, Ghost in the Shell 1 really kind of struck it perfect, and then. There was also a movie that was a um, that was supposed to be the conclusion of a standalone complex called Solid State Society, which also um, has a lot of problems with it. By the way, my comparison continues because Matrix Reloaded way too much navel gazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, um, the architect. Come OVA is really good. Uh, go see it, or well, go see it. Buy it. Yeah. Buy the damn thing. Um, to to put a couple of things in perspective um, on the OVA, Roger Ebert gave it three out of four stars. This is a man. That dude's picky. That dude is very picky. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, and, and and he's not necessarily known as a fan of anime. No, he's actually kind of known as not a fan of animated things because he believes in the animation age getup, which is all things animated are for kids. Yeah. Yeah, he's well. He believed I should for, say for such a uh, for such a long time critic. I find him very close minded in many ways. He's also the guy who's like, oh, video games can never be art. Video games can never be art. He he was damn wrong about that too. But yeah, um, yeah that's a whole other. But at the same time, <laughs> he his opinion on a lot of movies still holds up. Yeah. A lot of the movies that he said are good and worth watching are good and worth watching. He's got a good average, batting yeah. average, but I'm just saying. He got it right on this. You got to know who yeah. your source is. Yeah. He yeah. did. He did say that um, 
that the pacing, and he's right, there are some pacing issues um, for the American audience. Okay, and that, uh, thank you for making that. You're that, right. Because the American audience needs things spelled out for them. Which is, is it, why, and we will talk is, about this later, well, but that's yeah, why not the even, movie Not suffered, even very much later, like in the next, in, in a couple minutes. We're, we're, <laughs> okay. we're wrapping up with the OVA right, right. now. We're going to be moving to the live action movie. Great movie. Um, yeah, Hollywood thinks we're stupid. Well, Hollywood treats us like we're stupid. Yeah. Generally, yeah. Generally. Um, that's one of the reasons I like. I tend to like anime, especially a lot of anime movies, so much. Mm-hmm. Respect is the because they do respect the fuck out of their audience. Yep. If you don't get it, watch yeah. it again. If you don't get it, watch it again. <laughs> and and Ghost in the Shell, I re- like I said, I would recommend wa- get buying the DVD or the Blu-ray and watching it two times in a row. Because it's only about an hour and twenty minutes. It's so an hour and idea. thirty minutes long, so that's th- that that's and you can get and you know you have a DVD, so you can get up and pause it and take a shit. <laughs> um, it's no worse than go- than watching the Lord of the Rings movies on extended cut. Any single one of them. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not talking about all of them at once. Yeah. I've done that before. It's fun. Um, it takes all day. Three and, a half, three and a half hours for the first two and then four and a half for the second. Yeah, well, we made a, I think we actually made a weekend of it. It was a group of people's. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in any case, um, because it is a movie, like like I said, if if they're doing it right and... Um, oh, that's, that's a couple of things I need to mention. The movie, the OVA, was based off of a, a manga by uh, Shiro Masamune, or Masamune Shiro, depending on how you want to order his names, um, and uh, was adapted to film by Mamoru um, Oshii. And what did you do, Chromebook? Why did you restart? I hate you. <laughs> My Chromebook just completely restarted itself. Um, And here's the thing, those, um, those names are like, those are star power names in the, in Japan. Yeah. Those are names with a capital N. So one thing real quick, because you've been using a term that I don't, that I don't know when I imagine that if we have... OVA? Mm-hmm. OVA stands for Original Video uh, Animation. Okay. Um, Typically, it's used for things that are like half an hour long, yeah. but are not part of a series. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless you're talking about the Tenchi Muyo OVA, which was a, which is a 26 episode series. But yeah. usually, <laughs> usually, actually, what is meant by OVA is that it is a is that it's usually being released directly to video, um, as opposed to as a television series or as a movie. Is that Although, just generally within the anime context, or is it used in other... Uh, generally within anime context. Anime. Although, uh, if it looks at things, it was not actually an OVA. It was an actual theatrical release film. It was, yes. Yeah. yeah. So, it show up in the U.S., you said, until 97? Right. Yeah. Or at least the DVD. I'm not sure what the gap was between the theater and the DVD release. Uh, it looks like it actually got, uh, it actually got um, a VHS release in 97 as well. Um, yeah. So... That was about when it got U.S. So US released. Oh, yeah, DVDs weren't a thing yet, were they? Yeah, not 97. It was around, like, 2000-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, um, it's really good. It's hard to say more about it. Yeah, just go see it it's, twice. Yeah, see it twice. Yeah, great uh, Check out the series. I, um, there, 
the, there, there's also an anime series, uh, Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex and Standalone Complex Second Gig, um, that are very, very good. There's also another one that's called Ghost in the Shell Arise, which I was actually not a very big fan of. I haven't watched it yet. Uh, I only watched a little bit of it before I was like, I don't like this. <laughs> um, because it was such a big departure from Ghost in the Shell, the movie, and the series. Even though the series are a departure from the movie, to a certain yeah. extent. Um, yeah, it's just different tastes. They are worth seeing, though. Um, it's essentially like, okay, what? how would you do it? Okay, now how would you do it? Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it's like if you look at comic true. books, you could have yeah. the same character or series and have a completely different like writer yep. and not care for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like the Spider-Man movies. Yeah, definitely worth yeah. checking out. <laughs> yeah. Let's uh, not go down that path. Definitely worth well, checking out. Is always, the, you know, first one's always the origin story. Yeah. And, and uh, oh, another thing that is also worth saying: um, if you're a if you're a if you're a, a sub snob or a dub or a, or a dub snob, I guess I can't come. <laughs> Um, yeah, <clears throat> subs or dubs does not matter. The, uh, the the subtitles are good. Are good. They're more. They're slightly more literal. The dub, though, I will I will say is one of my favorite dubs. Yeah, I will. Uh, that's and this is coming from someone who hasn't. I don't know if that makes it better or worse endorsement, but I I've only dabbled in anime and I was really impressed with the dub. Yeah, I and tend to go for the, the sub. Dub for the series. A lot of the dub is crappy. The dub for the series yeah. is better because the major sounds more. Um, authoritative. Yeah. Yeah. She sounds less like a teenager or more like a woman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which, and even though it's the exact same voice actress. Yeah. Which is really cool. Also, the movie and the series, same exact voice cast. Excellent. Excellent. Um, <laughs> well, I'm sold. I'm going to watch it. Yeah, I, don't, I don't pick specifically between dub or sub. It just depends on, like, Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. I can't watch in Japanese because Goku drives me nuts. I have to watch it. Which is a shame because the, the woman <laughs> who does Goku is really skilled. Yes. But I just can't stand Goku's voice in yeah. Japanese. I actually tend to prefer subs overall. And Bleach, I prefer Japanese. Yeah. Um, there, there are only a few shows where I, however, where I will insist that you watch either the dub or the sub. Um, in this particular case, I actually typically will revert to the dub, mm-hmm. uh, because I really love the dub. Um, the only one where I w- will always scream bloody murder for sub is my second or third favorite anime, Azumanga Daio. Um, which uh, you'll hear about sometime when I do my top ten animes. Um, <laughs> so one thing I want, really want to point out about the anime. We're almost. We are actually very out of time. So quickly, quick. The major never blinks. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> uh, See, this, this, this is all about the the multiple viewings thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You, you never watched it once, and you'd seen it a million times, and you just <laughs> and occurred to you. Yeah, never noticed that. Never thought about. That's it. an interesting uh, observation. But you're right. That's, she never blinks. That's like Legolas in Lord of the Rings. He never blinks. Yeah, didn't ever notice that either. Um, but yeah, that's a cool thing to end on. We will now go. We will now pause. Um, there will not actually be music. Just I'm breaking up the audio for easier easier editing. Um, so. I will say goodbye uh, now for a moment, and then I will burp into the microphone or something weird, um, and then we'll be back <laughs> with the live-action movie with Scarlett Johansson. I tried burping into the microphone for the intervening nonsense here, just to break up between the an- the anime and the live-action movie, but it was disgusting, so you get this instead. Uh, we will now talk about 
The live action movie. Uh, may I start? Go. Go for it. You may start. This is the best remake of Robocop I've seen in years. Um, <laughs> yep. The problem is they didn't make Ghost in the Shell. They made Robocop. Yeah, really. With did. Ghost in the Shell trimmings. Um, yeah. Only he wasn't. The, only the yeah. The main character was didn't actually end up being a cop. Well, she was Section Nine. She was effect- effectively a cop. Yeah, but I mean, she didn't start off being a cop. Yeah, no, that's true. She didn't start out being a cop, but it's, it was still a remake of RoboCop, more or less. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I've got to agree. I mean, it was—it's the best, and it's better than as a RoboCop tale. It's better than even the most recent one. Yeah, it was for, the recent one was forgettable. The, re, yeah. the well, that was why I was saying it was the best remake of RoboCop I've seen right. in years. Yeah. I would not go far so far as to say it was the best version of RoboCop I've ever seen. First RoboCop is really good. Oh, yeah, the original RoboCop holds up. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, let's not get into a RoboCop discussion. No, um, I'm giving my mouth shut because I really loved the new one. I I did. Okay. I liked it. They just I remember all of it. They got it wrong. They did it wrong. Guys, we're devolving into a RoboCop discussion. Yeah. Stop it. Man. Yeah. So when we, but with with this one, this was a good action movie. Mm. Um, you know, on its own. Um, I do recommend, by the way, going and seeing it. Yes. Yeah, it's still worth seeing. It's just it's they, a missed opportunity. Yeah, because they got mm-hmm. so much right, they just screwed up the main thing. Right. <laughs> because a lot of a lot of the pieces that we see that were, you know, shot for shot, you know, they the read the the, the the shot for shot remakes of things were fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they, they got the characterization of everyone but the major so right. The thing is, they, they had all these amazing visuals and this great, like, you know, uh, cinematography, and cinematic it was a feast for the eyes. But then that didn't lead anywhere. It was just a good action movie. The end. Yeah. And, yeah. and it was just, like, it's very underwhelming on a cerebral That's level. actually part of why, as much as I liked seeing how Bato got his eyes, I think it took away from possible plot stuff. Yeah, because yeah, they had just started him with the cybernetic eyes. That's that wasted time. That entire bit could have been more plot development. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they're the way I would sum this movie up. Other than it's the best RoboCop remake I've seen in years, is <laughs> it is not fully taking advantage of opportunities. The movie, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, we talked about. Uh, oh yeah. Um. By the way, spoilers the hell. Although you yeah. already knew you that. You should know this. We're yeah, talking earlier we're, about. We're not uh, talking. We're not doing anything non-spoilers. Yeah. We're, ta- we're talking about like uh, mainstream. A lot of mainstream American stuff and mainstream Japanese stuff, yeah. as far as terms of uh, cinematography Respecting and the audience. Yeah, this yeah. movie does. This is the lowest common denominator. Yeah. Now, not to say it's dumb or anything. It's 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 a well crafted action movie. It's it fun. Was enjoyable, whatever. It was but enjoyable. it was Ghost in the Shell for dummies. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, and because they went with they went with flash over substance in a mm-hmm. lot of ways. Yeah. Like the big uh, the big hologram advertisements. When you look at them. They were fun. I liked those. Well, no, no, they were fun, but they were. When you look at the, at the advertisements in Blade Runner, it's been so long since I've <clears> seen Blade Runner. I really okay, well, the things about the advertisements in Blade Runner, similar to how they used the uh, "Want to Know More" in yeah. uh, Starship Troopers, yeah, was those advertisements were a commentary on that world. Yeah, they actually world built it as opposed to just random advertisements. Yeah, because it was like in Blade Runner is like like you said, missed you opportunities. Know, the movie. Or, there or, were or, actually a lot. I will say this. Um, if you were, because uh, I was actually looking at a lot of the advertisements, yeah. a lot of them were advertising for 
uh, cyberization upgrades. So it was right. it was built into the world slightly. Yeah. And that's just thing, not very much. Yeah, they were just like scratching the surface. Because like in, in Blade Runner, it's like, you know, build a new life in the colonies. Uh, you, see, you see much the same thing in... Uh, in um, Total Recall, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, um, and in Starship Troopers, Starship Troopers, oh my Minority God, Report, total... the ads too. I love, yeah. I love the ads in Minority Report. Service guarantees citizenship. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. You know, in Minority Report, they how where everything you... scanned you and said you would look good in a pair of light speed briefs. Yeah. And <laughs> by the way, we're not that far away from that. We're yeah, pretty right? damn close yeah. at this point. Yeah, I mean, uh, big data, <laughs> man, big data. Yeah, yeah exactly, and. And see, but with the, all they were doing there was, oh, look at, you know, yes, robotics, but yeah, yeah, there was... And so also, much- these are very pretty visuals. Yeah. Our was- CGI budget was huge. Yeah, because this is fucking DreamWorks. <laughs> By the way, I, I just want to say, uh, this movie, I feel, is a victim of its own budget. Yeah. A yeah. little bit. Yeah, because... Yeah, they I'm shouldn't sorry, have gotten as big a... Um, hmm. Sorry. Um, I, I will... I will Complain about the casting in a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but then you, then you see the people walk around with these bubbles of data around their heads. Yeah. You know, okay, I can kind of see that, but I don't see anything about who that person is. Oh, man. Those guys, were, the, the guys at the beginning were in red. That's cool. I just um, realized they, they were a lot like the techs in the movie. Yeah. Um, Completely missed that until just now. But then, you know, you have these... You have these... These... Um, Holograms covering everything, which does not show us what that world. You're being dumped into a world without knowing anything about it. Yeah, yeah. and you can't. All you got was the opening text crawl, which, by the way, was a rewrite of yeah um, opening text crawl for the original movie. Opening, except without saying that it's been become completely ubiquitous. I mean, yes, it's ubiquitous, but it's not. But my I, I'm sorry, I will not... Uh, as much as I will say, this was a good movie, go see it, I will not say... I, I will not have much to say that is nice about it that I haven't already said. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I think it was... Like I said, it's a it, was, it was a feast for the eyes. It was a good action movie. Um, and the stuff where they completely just copied the, uh, the anime, mm-hmm. great. It's kind of like the cinematic equivalent of a one-night stand. You have a lot of fun at the time, and then you instantly regret it. I don't, I don't regret going to see that movie. I regret it being called Ghost in the Shell. Right. Yeah. yeah well, I it's feel one of those things that you, you have a lot of, you know, hey, it's really fun, but I need to get out of here. They could have, if, if that had not been called Ghost in the Shell, I think, like, I feel like they could have actually, like, turned it into um, something really good. It was like it had one foot it in each arena. Been, it could have been the next Matrix. It yeah. could have easily been the next Matrix. It was like, oh, Matrix. well, we have to have... Because they're tr- absolutely yeah. trying to make it the next Matrix. Yeah. But it's it's being hampered by its name and the hardcore fans who are going to bitch about it on their on their podcasts and blogs. <laughs> because there are expectations set up by... When you have that name, there are things you're supposed to do. Yeah. And, and they, they briefly touched on it a little bit, but most of it was... You know, who you know was based on her identity as a human being. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to where does life start? Where does mm. sentience start? Yeah. You know, it, it asks a you know it basically is like it, it took it took the questioning of am I a real girl from the uh, which was there in the anime. Yeah. Right. Um, 
during the scuba diving scene. And they made yeah. it the main and plot And they made point. it the entire main plot point of the movie, as opposed to being a, oh, this is, in, this is an interesting bit of depth for the main character. Right. Yeah. Uh, because they, they completely went away from the whole idea of, of 2501, you know, because... They 25, made 2501 a different thing. 2571, wasn't it? No, it was still 2501. It was? Okay. That was the thing. That was the other thing. They had so many things that were callbacks to the, to, to the source. Let me list off a few of them for you. Go for it. 2501. Yep. The name of the guy, Kuze, is the name of the uh, is the name of the primary antagonist from Ghost in the Shell standalone complex second gig. Mm-hmm. Um, the scene where there's all the geisha bots is lifted from the first episode of standalone complex first gig. The garbage truck. The garbage truck. Although the garbage truck is there in every, uh, the garbage truck is a lift from, a from the anime. Well, that's I don't what know, I mean. but yeah, but section nine also drives what looks kind of like a garbage truck oh, oh. around. That's yeah. Um, but they, Everything they listed, they lifted shot for yeah. shot from, um, from the actual anime. Right. So the so the garbage truck, the fight in the ocean, the, the fight in the ocean, the scuba diving for better or for worse. Um, the terrorists that came in with the briefcases that folded out to be some machine guns. Yeah, which was really damn cool. Yes. Um, yeah. So it's always been. <laughs> and then, but then you also have um, you get into the little details like the picture of the guy mm-hmm. that he swears is his, is his daughter, the guy yeah. in mine hat. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, the, the, you know, even the, though it's just a picture of him. Yeah. Um, the ghost hacking. Yeah. Um, but, you know. Even minor things, even though it was used in a different way, the uh, fingers splitting in the multi Yeah, the, the multi finger thing, which I, yeah. which is always always looks cool. Um, yeah. Even though, it was only, even though it was only in one little scene, it was a really nice little callback. Yeah. The yeah. outfits that the surgeons are wearing at the beginning of the movie, which I only just realized. <laughs> mm hmm. It's obvious they knew their fucking source material, so why didn't they make something that was true? Mm. <laughs> well, they knew what their source material looked like. Yeah. They didn't know their source material. They didn't go to the same place. Well, I wouldn't say they didn't know it. It's they chose any, not. Anytime someone it. does a remake, it's going to be somebody else's interpretation of that world and story. So it's never going to be exact. Yeah. Which is. And Part of the problem of being a fanboy or something is it's yeah, hard to it's true. accept a remake that's different. And as, as you pointed out early on, it was made for the lowest common denominator. It was made yeah. for the broadest possible audience. Yeah, it, right. was, it was made so that mainstream critics would, would, give it a, would give it a positive review. And that failed. Mm-hmm. Well, critics are tearing it up. It's, it's kind of funny that, to me anyway... Power Rangers actually made a better adaptation. As Power far Rangers as... was a really good adaptation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Power Rangers took its own source material and improved on it. Yes. I think. Yeah, and also embraced its source material. Yes. Yeah, and, 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 I'm sorry, and, and, Michael. I know you haven't seen Power Rangers. It's, it's really good. You should see it. Fine. And go um, deeper into it. This almost says, okay, let's let's skim the surface. Let's get all the cool visuals out of it. You know, well, in a way, I, I wish. I mean, I, obviously, you got to have some callbacks and you know, replicated shots and stuff. But in a way, I feel like a lot of the stuff I would prefer that it's just not in there at all, rather than yeah. oh, hey, here's something we're throwing something at you. Here's a reference, but not actually yeah. do anything with it. It, was, it feels almost disrespectful. Really, it was dangerously close to Mortal Kombat Annihilation Syndrome. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know what? Uh, characters. And hey, stuff remember this? You know what? Remember this shot? You know what they really could have done, and I think would have been a really damn good movie. Just make a live-action shot-for-shot remake of the anime. They could have done that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, you know, the, that's the that. thing is, uh, before I... And it would have been good! It would have been. Before I watched the you watched the large part of the American they audience. They had so... Yeah, because they had the aesthetic down so well. Yeah. Before I watched the anime, uh, I thought to myself, on the new movie, I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna... I'm not gonna... Because I, I, I kind of had a general idea of what Ghost in the Shell was like and about before even seeing it. Just things I'd heard over the years. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I know this is going to be a very deep, interesting, philosophical thing, blah, blah, blah. So I'm not going to expect too much of the movie. And then I look at the original... I mean, the new live-action movie, I mean. Mm-hmm. And when I look at the original, the runtime's like an hour and 25 minutes. And I'm like, really? That's it? And they managed to communicate all this? And I watched the movie, and I'm like, wow, that blew my mind. I know, right? It's such a short period of time. And then I'm... You know, the movie... The, the new movie is... It's economy of speech and action. Right. Yeah. And it's like about two-ish hours maybe new movies an hour and 40 okay so it's like about 15 minutes longer or so yeah and it's and it accomplishes so little it's good the new movie spends a lot of time with her exploring stuff that really didn't need to be done yeah it could have been done a little too much because probably because big hollywood movies starlet syndrome they, they just focused way too much on the protagonist alone than the world starlet johansson was bad casting i will say that it really didn't matter who played that part. It was still the movie's directing and writing that yeah. was the problem. Um, I'm not saying that because of the whitewashing, although the whitewashing is also slightly a problem. Not but for, that, that's not a problem. Yeah, well... She's not meant to look Japanese. Not for the major... Yeah, I, I, I've heard all the arguments, um, and I don't disagree with them, but whitewashing is a problem in Hollywood. That is, that is something you cannot get around. Um, that is not why I'm saying that, but that is not why I'm saying Scarlett Johansson was bad casting. Scarlett Johansson is really good at playing wooden, emotionless characters, um, which is actually a compliment. It's hard to do wooden and emotionless and still be engaging, right. and she does that very well. The problem is the major should not be wooden and emotionless, right? And yet. Well, she, she was, yeah. for a, to a great extent. Well, this is one of my major criticisms with the movie is, remember when we were talking about the, the anime, I was, what I really enjoyed about her was, like, there's this line where, okay, you know the big iconic, you know, in the water fight yeah. where she's throwing him around and breaking his limbs and stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, well, she was, like, basically toying with him and having fun, and you could feel it. Yeah. You could see it, and you could hear it in her voice, where she's like, oh, out of ammo, and she's, like, really enjoying herself. Yeah. But in the movie, it's just like, oh, this is a rote kung fu move. I'm doing my job. I'm an upstanding law enforcement officer. I like, think the, it just, it, it, it didn't get the character right. Yeah, I'm not, ex- I'm not excusing it. It's not necessarily that they can get it right, as I think we were seeing the major before the major we see in the anime. Before she's actually opened herself up more. Yeah, well, yeah. which is besides well, we, see, we see we see but, emotion from her, but we see it late in the movie. But I, don't, yeah. I don't think that's Scarlett's fault at all. I don't think it's Scarlett's fault. I, I think she I was think directed poorly. I think she was told to right. act wooden and emotionless, and she did it very well because she is good at that. Like I said, that's not an insult. It's hard to do. Well, I feel like the problem is if you're going to spend all this time and make it a central plot thing about her and all of her little, you know, coming-of-age crap, but then have her not really even be a person, just be all robotic and stuff, like, there's no there's no connection from the audience to the character. And it just didn't... It fell flat for me. Am I a real girl angst doesn't... Well, uh, am I a real girl angst doesn't work very well. Yeah, am I a real boy angst doesn't doses, work very well. At least small doses. Um, she actually... Uh, not necessarily her, but her but her another character she's done black widow 
uh, dealt with the same thing, even though she actually is human. Yeah. She fought with the idea of, am I actually a person? Because she spent so much time yeah, the question of being prank. a programmed killing machine. Yeah, right. And right. that's the thing. It shouldn't have been, am I, am I, a, am I human anymore? It should have been, am I a person? Or who am I? Yeah, or yeah. who am I? But instead it was, am I human? Right, who am I is a lot more interesting of a question than am I human. Because yeah. am I human is, yup, or nope. Who am I? My God, yeah. we could talk about that for our am entire I, lives. Yeah, yeah. That is philosophy. Am but, I, and and, and, and it's, I, I think yeah. it asks a lot of the actress to be emotionless up to a point. Because bearing in mind as well, she for a long, long part of that movie, she was also taking memory suppressants. Mm-hmm. Well, that's and, had a fa- and, had, and was given a false name, which I actually will say this. I really liked how they at least justified the 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 yeah. pseudo whitewashing by actually having her have a different name and having her uh, and having her biological mother be full freaking Japanese. Japanese yeah. That was cool. Mm-hmm. I actually liked the way there was a subtle nod and a lampshade hung on the fact that it was whitewashing. Yeah. <laughs> Even though yes, it's not full whitewashing in Japan really didn't give one flying fuck. I, I am aware. For her character specifically, uh, even the creator. Yeah, Masamune say, was like, yeah, she's she's vaguely European and maybe partially Japanese. I don't know. Right. <laughs> yeah. And not her personality, just the her. Just yeah, her appearance. Right. Yeah. Yeah, there is. That's why she has a Japanese name, but looks white. Yeah. Well, and that has more to do with. The, and in the, fact, she does look very white in the. In right. The. Anime. Yeah. That, that. Well, I mean, the name has more to do with the fact that she is, you know, she is in that. You know, it's her location. It's her, you know, country. Yeah. They all have Japanese. They're all going to because Japanese. they all live in Japan. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um, just, yeah. But um, other things, casting. I actually really like the guy they, they cast for for Bato. Bato was yeah. awesome. And yeah. I loved I the cash the casting of Beat Takeshi as Chief Aramaki. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He was. Oh great. man. What a scene stealer. Yeah. I mean, none of his lines were in, almost none of his lines were. In English? None of his lines no, were in English. Um, yeah. Even though Beat Takeshi does speak English. Yeah. Yeah, it was, and, all, it was all subbed for him. And, and you know, it's like never send a hare to do, you know, to kill a fox. Yeah, never, <laughs> never send a rabbit to uh, yeah. kill a fox. Be, yeah. And it, it, and it got into a thing where uh, that, 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 that was something, that was the thing I really liked about that, that I will actually go ahead and give, go back to giving praise to the live action movie a little bit. They got the characterization of everyone but the major so right. Yeah, I agree. Bato, w- Bato was you know very devoted to the major. Yeah. Um, and a very stand-up, nice guy, but also can kick seven flavors of ass. Yeah. He he's earnest yet cynical at the same time, yeah. which is really difficult to pull off. Like Aramaki, Aramaki is the king of all chess masters. Yeah. I like that he's <laughs> the only one that they didn't show how he got past the people who were trying to kill him towards the end. Aramaki or Bato? Bato. The rest of Section 9 had people coming Oh, yeah, they just them. showed him smiling with a pistol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the only one you don't see. <laughs> it's, it's, and then the next time you see him, he's driving. Yeah. <laughs> right. You didn't need to see because it. Because you yeah. don't need to show it with Bato. Right, right. It's, it's, like, it's like in... in uh, they, they, they made it... Uh, I think it's in TV Tropes. Uh, they do a thing about, you know, the Teal'c effect. You know, Teal sneaks in to you're in the middle of into the middle of a you know of a. Uh, it was like why? Because he's fucking Teal. <laughs> you, you don't know, need to show how I have it. It's the exact opposite of the wharf effect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, yeah, the character oh, is a badass. <laughs> yeah, 
But you know, and, and, it, and it was with Bato. He's like, we don't need to show. Yeah, that. we just need to show that he knows this is happening. Yeah, the, right. o- the only reason they had to show off Aramaki is because Aramaki wins pretty much by deception, conniving, and trickery. Right. Yeah. He's yeah. the ultimate chess master. Yeah, they kind of had to establish the character. Yeah, they had because you, all you had really seen Aramaki do so far was sit behind a desk and talk. Right. Yeah. yeah. You needed something to establish. He's a badass. He is total badass attitude. Yeah. When you when 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 he sits in his car and immediately gets shot out and then just gets out and shoots the guys. Yeah, yeah with a bullet with a bulletproof <laughs> briefcase. Yeah, that you know he had revolver. everything prepped yeah, and a revolver. Yeah, and he's like, never send a never never send a uh, it was a hare. Never send a hare to kill a fox. Yeah, and you realize, well, wait a second, Aramaki has been playing. Everyone for a fool, right? This entire time. That's why this bunch of badasses does what he says. Yes, <laughs> it's like it's it, 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 yeah, like major contacts him and says, "I need to go back on the grid." He's like, "Okay, yeah, we yeah. can do that." Yeah, and okay, here's my twelve step plan for how to win now. Yeah. So the minute he put her back on the grid, he was like, "Okay, all of our team's gonna get ganked." Yeah, they're, Which, gonna try, they're gonna try and kill her. Kill yeah. Her. So everybody know to know to do the, do your thing. Yeah. Um, they really did Toga so well. I liked how he had a revolver. You know, he was. Yeah. And something we we went through. They talk about his actual revolver in the anime. In the anime, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but in the movie, about. they use a Chiapa Rhino, which does the same thing. It's a pretty gun too. Yeah, it is. Um, and then they also got to prove just how badass Saito is. <laughs> When your name is Sight, and you're a sniper... If she's because, safe, she will be. Yeah. <laughs> Best line from him was, you know... <laughs> you know, is she safe? She will be. <laughs> yeah. You know, and he shoots down a helicopter with a rifle. Yeah. He doesn't shoot the sniper. He takes the helicopter. Yes. Yeah. And, well, I would point out that the rifle he is using also uh-huh. is... Uh, you know, this it is also a big ass anti-material rifle, which right. is another trope that is very specific to Saito. He he needs he he has sniper weapons that have to be bolted to the ground. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and he also <laughs> snipes from like three or four miles away with satellite support. Uh, <laughs> because he can't actually see his fucking target. Well, no, he can. He's got one mechanical eye. No, which is his sniping eye. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Well, it looks like an eye patch most of the time, and when he snipes, it flips up and open. Right. Uh, <laughs> in the live action movie, he had it plugged into his gun. Yeah, which yeah. was also really cool. Yeah, yeah which funny. reminds me of of this of the uh, in in uh, Wanted. You know this. You know this guy is the motherfucking decoy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you're yeah, and you have a sniper rifle bullet that that, that is a multi stage bullet. Yeah, uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's another uh, commonality of Shadowrun yeah. is the whole like body connected to the oops sorry connected <laughs> to the weapons and um, mm-hmm. you know gear smart, and stuff yeah, yeah. Smart, yeah. The smart stuff yeah um, which by the way in reality we're getting there with augmented reality mm-hmm. with Google Glass and all that kind of stuff you know but we actually are also developing technology that can actually respond to neural impulse well yeah. we already have the the Mirage like tanks and stuff mm-hmm. the like well, the now there's a guy there's a guy who actually stuff that blends into the ceramics. arm. Through you know through neural neural impulses right yeah yeah um, but yeah it's, it's really yeah powered prosthesis is is only a maybe a decade away yeah 
like so like powered prosthesis that is so good that you don't even necessarily know it's a prosthesis. Yeah. Which is funny because then we're going into full Star Wars mode where you have Luke's hand essentially. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How crazy is yeah. that? Yeah. Well, and you know, it just like I said it's it's a good action movie. It's not as deep as the yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's scratches so much. My, my hope is that it wets people's appetite for the original and it gets a lot of people into yeah. the you know yeah into, into the, the source franchise. material. What yeah. I would what yeah. I would love to because I don't think they're planning on turning this into a movie franchise. It's gonna be, be it's just a one and done. That's yeah. good. But I would like to see done is get still use Weta for the effects and do a Netflix series. That could be cool. Yeah, something that's not too long. Yeah. They can stretch the story out. So, and, and yeah, the effects. By the way, yeah, what a workshop. And that's the other crazy thing uh, to be said uh, in 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 loving uh, approval of the movie. The visual effects. A lot of it was practical. Yeah. yeah. Her uh, thermoptic suit that was looked like just second skin was all practical yeah mm-hmm. except for the little blue glow that goes over it but yeah yeah the actual suit itself what was... damn it that, <laughs> I, that's it I, 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 that's I, it the geisha, zero out of ten worst Tim, movie Tim ever Tim would not see again yeah. uh, <laughs> the geisha faces was all an actual mask that they made yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, so much of it was so good. Um, yeah, and they, they did they did a lot of good stuff with it. But again, it's like they were trying to do too many things. It, it's kind of like uh, it was like they were trying to do too many things and not enough things at the same time. Right. Well, they were trying to tell two different stories. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What was the movie we were talking about that did that? Uh, you and I were talking about Mortal the Kombat and Annihilation. No, <laughs> no, trying uh, to tell too many stories at once. Or you know, Spider Man Three. No, uh, well, Highlander. Highlander Two. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, Highlander Two. You know, the, if, the, if they had, uh, yeah, yeah, if they had taken just the story of Highlander two, took out all everything Highlander from it, it yeah. may have been actually a good movie. Could have been fun, yeah, because yeah. it was an interesting story where people from this planet send their prisoners to our world, where they have to fight to the death, or someone's gonna just kill them anyway. Yeah, leave out everything else from Highlander, and it's got the it had like good action movie. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. no, no, this yeah. you know they 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 tried to they tried to stick the wrong name on it. Um, yeah, that is that is my main problem with Ghost in the Shell was that it was a good movie, but it wasn't Ghost in the Shell. It right. wasn't the movie it was trying to be. Yeah. It well, was, that's the problem is that it, it wasn't even trying to be. It, it. didn't live. Well, it, <laughs> well, no, it was trying to be it itself. It just didn't. I think I I I honestly think that the people who who wrote the adapted screenplay and the producers and directors didn't have a proper appreciation of the source material to, uh, to act like they, they, it was a very good adaptation of the wrong thing. Yeah. Yeah. Is the problem yeah. with it. They threw in a lot of stuff for the fans, but the majority of the movie was made for people who already. Well, I still wonder what, what role, how much of a role the studio played in the, in the finished product. We'll there. never know. Usually yeah. a lot. I suspect yeah. a yeah. significant amount of studio meddling. Because a lot of times the only time yeah. you can get a, a really good adaptation is if the person who's doing it is a fan. Yeah. yeah. Deadpool is so a perfect example. Deadpool. Hands off. Star Wars and it turned movies. out great. It's actually one of the few reasons that I uh, would really like to see. Um, what's his name? Uh, Cameron's uh, adaptation of Gunham. Hmm. Um, because he uh, also, actually, more commonly known in the States as Battle Angel Alita. Mm-hmm. Um, because he loves that anime and that manga. Isn't that being done? He, well, sort of. 
<laughs> Cameron's kind of a hot ticket right now. What's his first name? James. James, James. yeah, James okay. Cameron. He wants to make like 20 Avatar movies for some goddamn reason. Yeah. I think he wants to revisit Terminator. Again? Like, properly revisit it. Yeah, but he has said, he actually said that one of the reasons he did Avatar was to tech, was to plan tech for doing a Battle Angel Ella movie. Um, to get off, off topic a little bit. Because he loves the source material so much. Mm. Thing is, he's got such a, he's got, he has so much star power as a director that he could probably get away with it. Um, and that was why they cast Scarlett Johansson. Star power. Yeah. Scarlett Scojo's hot right now. I mean, she's yeah. always hot, but... Well, no, she, I mean, she like, as an actress. She's had a lot of stuff lately. Yeah. Having her name be on the, be on the bill um, is, is, was being counted on to put butts in seats. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's like one pretty, of the only really recognizable ones other than yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. but... No one in America knows who the fuck Beat Takeshi is. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. But well, everyone in Japan knows who who the fuck Beat Takeshi is. Well, that's the brilliance there. Is I mean, they always everything is international these days. Yeah. So it's yeah. okay. We've got to have the big American draw, and we've got to have I the mean, big like, Asian draw. Yeah, he is like Beat Takeshi is is a he, he he's Beat Takeshi. Yeah. Now they did some they did some things that were interesting in that that showed her identity and again we we see some we do see more emotion from her than I think in the, you know but it's very subtle she gets emotion she gets more emotion after she goes off her meds right exactly which is exactly which was good was, yeah yeah um, but then you know there's that whole there's that whole changeover uh, the whole consent thing. Oh yeah, I loved how Takeshi was like. That was amazing. We need. <laughs> yeah. I need your consent. Yeah, it's like my name is Major and I give my consent. Which was is another thing that that was. He's her superior, but still he <laughs> knew her. that this was personal for her, so he right. wanted her permission. I I yeah. really feel like I, I feel like that is something that was was a, a slightly missed opportunity though, because at that point she was aware of her past. I feel like yeah. she, instead of saying this is Major. Whatever the fuck her, oh, yeah. her she, she, she should have said name. this is Major Motoko Kusanagi and yeah. I give my consent. That would have been a really awesome payoff at the end of the movie. But I think, yeah, but, but remember right. also, I think it hied back to the end of the anime, mm-hmm. the woman known as Major. Yeah. Well, to, to be fair, she she learned about her true past and all that, and then she still chose to embrace that career. Yeah, yeah. She made it her she, mission to help she kind of prevent, melded. and I think partly, partly because of the trauma she experienced, she didn't want that kind of thing to happen to anybody else because she saw like that poor garbage guy and everything. She yeah. saw how it can destroy people's identities, and she's. I think she, mm-hmm. on some level, wanted to you know Mira protect Killian. others from the same fate. Yeah. She yeah. called her. She was known as Mira Killian. Yeah, and 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 so all the way up to that. But then you know she is just the major. And yeah, she was mostly was, just major. And at that point, she was... Daisuke, that's Aramaki's first name. Sorry, it's been bothering me for a long time. Um, and what she was, what I thought she was doing there was integrating her past and present. Yeah. Dropping the Mira mm-hmm. hasn't quite accepted, or hasn't yeah. quite embraced Motoko. Yeah. Right? yeah. But she is, is still the major. Yeah, yeah this is exactly. major. And it could also, if you think a little too deeply into it, it could also just be the fact that that's who they know her as, and yeah. so she would need to give a name that's right. recognizable. Well, that's true. Yeah. Except uh, Aramaki <laughs> absolutely totally knew who she was. I know. Well, that's true. Which almost makes him, you know, a bigger bastard. Eh, I don't know. Because if he knew she was most uh, I mean, what's he really supposed to do? He was in a really shitty well, position. Did, did he know? 
about her being um, I don't think he beforehand. Did. I don't think I, he yeah, did. I, I'm not sure. I, I'm pretty sure he knew that she was not... Because Ule was the only one who knew. I'm pretty... Yeah, I was pretty sure that he knew that she was... That... that, that I, I'm, I, I am of the opinion that he probably knew that she was not... Like right. her own identity. Like, I didn't necessarily yeah. know who she was. Who, I don't yeah. think he knew who she was, but she, but he knew that he was that she was Robocop. Yeah, <laughs> if if he did, if he did, it would have been something that he found out on his own. Yeah, um, because he's Aramaki. Because he's fucking Aramaki. Yeah, yeah. And, and you get that from him throughout the movie. You know, in that in that he always seems to be ahead of the game. Yeah, you know. Well, that's the thing. He's always he 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 knows everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said it's, it's I don't know it doesn't it's not on equal uh, on what I would call an equal footing with its with its source material um, it's, it's really not, it's still I really would say it is still worth seeing mm-hmm. um, yeah whether you're a fan or not of the because, so, because yeah, yeah, was, at the very least it was a very good action movie and it was very very pretty yes yeah and I mean, it, it dealt it dealt with some, you know with its own with its own mm-hmm. issues betrayal and identity and things like that I guess that. we really did already do a lot of talking about the crossover because it was completely unavoidable well yeah because yeah. yeah, we, we, we did go to talking about the movie and then having after the anime talk to start with the anime are we yeah. doing on time um we could get this if if we finish in twelve minutes, and I feel like we're actually kind of running out of things to say because we've already done a bunch of comparison. Yeah, It'll be a regular length episode. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I I still got stuff. I, I've got yeah, talk we got about more stuff to talk about. We got more. I I, can, I have I have barely touched on the TV series. Uh, and I haven't. Yeah, I haven't. <laughs> I think the TV series it. should be another episode. Yeah, it's a yeah. bit much to. I mean, yeah, because yeah. I've never seen it. Yeah, yeah. none of us can. Well. You Ben and I yeah. can't really speak to it. Other than Arise, I've seen about everything of yeah. the yeah. show. Yeah. I, I saw a little bit of Arise. I was like, this is I don't like it much. <laughs> yeah. I could see why people would like it. I just it was mostly actually the visuals that were really off putting for me. The because art style the, the art style different. was very, very different. Um But yeah. There there was uh, there was another significant difference, um, and I like to get everyone else to take on it uh, in my mind about the the movie and the uh, okay, original. Okay, it. it's gonna get loud on the podcast. I'm good. I need to turn on the air conditioner. It's hot in here. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, podcast. It's gonna get noisy. Anyway, my so yes, my my observation is, um, I feel like in the original anime movie, it was a lot more gray and morally ambiguous as to who are the good guys right like section nine in a way like they didn't it didn't seem like you know the the SWAT team in shining armor to me they seemed like they did a lot of dubious shit on behalf of the government like Cassian in Rogue One they're a black ops work team right I mean they they kill a diplomat who otherwise has diplomatic immunity right yeah well and in the movie they don't really explore that much in the the new movie doing the dirty work for the greater good yeah right right in the the live action I feel it's a lot more black and like oh hey here's this here are the good guys they're a spec ops team yeah. and whatever and they're fighting against this evil corrupt corporation like there wasn't really any gray there it's just like oh well these are clearly the good guys yeah. these are clearly the bad guys I yeah. think that's again uh, that's, an, that's, that's Hollywood to American audience yeah Hollywood like, there has to be a defined line of good well and, and I, I feel it's I, I feel it's fair to say um, it, it's not so much that the audience isn't ready for it it's just that they've refused to respect yeah. the audience 
Because we that, know the audience is there for those deeper things. Just keep talking. I mean, after all, Rogue One, we brought up Rogue One. Yeah. That's a perfect example. I was surprised they were able to get away with that. Rogue One, I mean, you know, I hope it's not the good guy alert. just flat out shot somebody. Spoilers, it's been out long enough. <laughs> yeah. Get over it. Yeah. Shot somebody, not because they were basically... In the back. In the back. Defenseless. Yeah. Because... Begging for his life. Yeah, to basically... Yeah, while while reassuring him, everything's going to be right. okay. Yeah, well, you I know, mean, you know, it's uh, war in order to, in order <laughs> to keep, in order to keep him from being captured. Yeah, right. yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes the quote the good guys do have to do terrible things, mm-hmm. or at least they feel they have to. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, but yeah, I, I feel that was lost in the shuffle is all the more ambiguity. Yeah. Um, and, and in a way, that's a, and that brings a whole other dimension to the whole, you know, the thing I brought up about the major enjoying her work. Like, in a way, it's endearing because it makes her someone human. But in another yeah. way, it's horrifying because the very first thing you see is this guy's head just fucking explode. Yeah. And I was just like, whoa, where did that come from? Oh, this is horrific. I was, I was honestly appalled by that when I saw it. And I have, it's not about the gore. It was just the suddenness of it and the, <laughs> and the callous disregard for it and the fact that she treated it like a game. You know, yeah. that's what fucked me up. Yeah, like, she, she, I've she seen all sorts of horror. Yeah, she like, pops it's not the this. violence per se. It's the you know, yeah, the disconnect from it. She yeah, she pops up with a smart ass remark right before she kills the guy. Right. You know, it's like, well, and the fact okay. that it's like, oh, we're just you know, we're this black ops team, and we don't have to worry about laws or anything like that. We answer to nobody, and aren't we cool? You know, like that was a very disturbing level to it. Is the fact that what happens when they make the wrong call? They answer to nobody essentially. Yeah, well, they, yeah, they it's like they're psychopaths with badge, badges. Yeah. Right. Well, they, yeah, they only answer to the prime minister. And again, we know how easily people are manipulated and whatnot in that world that they've constructed. So yeah, but the the other thing is is that you know that is I think something integral to them. We never see them actually betray. That, um, you know that 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 situation. I mean, um, yeah. Well, that's because to get into section nine, section nine is like the elite of the elite. Uh, yeah. It's, the a, it's a yeah, it's a big vetting process. If Aramaki picks you, it's for a reason. Right. Mm-hmm. That's why there's the deep trust. Mm-hmm. Now, and here's the interesting thing about that, right? Is that's all well and good when Aramaki's in charge. What happens when he's no longer in charge? What happens when someone gets the position that doesn't deserve it? Well, right? see, that's the thing I think. And then they're still just all there without a leash, and it's dangerous and it's disturbing. I think it'd be one of the people that Aramaki had chosen, which it'd probably be one of his team would take over as director. Yeah. But, you know, and there are things that we don't see from them. Yeah. For instance, they don't fire into crowds. You know, um, when when Bato's uh, chasing the, the garbage truck driver. Yeah. You know, he's running through the crowd, and he's like, everybody get down! You know, right. And he fires high, doesn't hit anybody. It's, but it's to scare everyone to get them to duck. Right. Yeah, and then, yeah. you know, and then still doesn't shoot when he could have. He might have hit somebody, but yeah, might not. Yeah, mindful of his mm-hmm. um, collateral. But see, again, it's, it's ambiguous as whether that's actually morality and a conscience, or if that's just practicality and keeping things on the down low. Like, probably a little of both. Somewhere in the from middle. From Bato, that's probably a little of both. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I well, yeah, totally. From Bato, totally. Well, yeah. But just as a whole for Section 9, I mean. I think it was... I think there was more morality involved because of his, you know, his reaction was not, oh, damn, I didn't get to shoot anybody. But, you know, son of a bitch got away. Sorry about that. Yeah. So what? 
See, I was just talking about how the uh, the live action didn't really have the more ambiguity that the original anime had. Yeah. Especially with Section Nine and who they are and what they do. No, they were. I mean, they all they were always theoretically an anti-terrorist espionage group, even in the anime. Yeah. But in the movie. They were much more... They're just presented in a much more knight in shining armor way in the movie, I feel. <laughs> yeah, they were the good guys. Exactly. Yeah. As opposed to the Black Ops wet work team. Yeah. <laughs> Who <laughs> were on the side of good. Right. No, I mean... Yeah, and on the mean side of justice. Yeah. They're always on the side of justice. They're just not... They are... They are not... Lawf- they're not lawful good stupid. They are lawful good mean. Yeah. Good is not nice. They're awful good. Yeah, thank you. That's good. I like that. Might have to steal that one. Good. They, they are. They are the. They are living up to the to the concept and trope of good. Does not equal nice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because man, do they murder a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, they are lawful, lawful. You know. Um, I know. I walked out of that theater wanting to play Shadowrun. <laughs> I would love to play Shadowrun. Yeah, we should get a Shad- We should play some Shadowrun at some. So, in a sh- in a Shadowrun translation, is Major a gunslinger adept? I think she's a street samurai. No, Bato's a street samurai. Mm. Bato is absolutely a street samurai. Um, yeah, Major is a decker who's just really good. With Major, guns. yeah, Major yeah. is really a decker who just happens to be good with guns. And yeah, I guess a you're right. lot of cyber, uh, a, a lot of uh, cyber tech. A tricked out decker with yeah. good gun skills, basically. She's you know? got yeah. well, and, and to put uh, and to put a decker thing, slash yeah, yeah, to put a thing into perspective as well. Also, um, all of them have delta grade um, cyber. Oh yeah, and cyber tech. No um, doubt, no doubt. <laughs> but Motoko is like. A god when it comes to hacking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she is. That's, I mean, she does. She does the deep dive. Yeah, you know. Um, I'm reminded, I feel of, like the, I'm reminded of an episode where she hacks someone in a courtroom <laughs> um, wirelessly. Tony Stark. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm take over this right here. Because because he well he, she spoilers for the series to you guys I'm sorry a little bit she hacks Togusa because he's about to fucking incriminate himself and go to jail <laughs> not because he did anything wrong but because he won't say the right goddamn things <laughs> so he hacks her him and takes over his voice <laughs> uh, wow I forgot about that. in a courtroom <laughs> which is yeah she they, they throw around terms like super class A, super class S hackers. The only better hacker in the series than her is the laughing man. Yeah. Who is... You'll, you'll find out. Is the man who laughs. Well, the, it's complicated. The laughing, man is, <laughs> the laughing man is simultaneously many people and no one. <clears throat> Sounds about right. <clears throat> it's not really a spoiler. The name is because every security camera that sees him his face is replaced with a smiley face. Nah. And a quote from Catcher in the Rye, I think? I think so. Catcher in the Rye or Catch-22 or Fahrenheit 451. Something something minorly esoteric and very literary. <laughs> um, well, I hope it's not Catch in the Rye because eh, I think that's one of the most overrated books. Well, the time. quote is, I thought what I'd do is I'd become one of those deaf mutes. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> um... And I think there's a little bit more after that, but anyhow, it, it, it's actually a direct literary quote to something yeah. or another. I can't remember what. Anywho, 
they find out in the series, and I'm rewatching the series right now. It's been a while. Um, I'm assuming there's not any uh, <laughs> literary references that I missed in the live action movie. I don't think so. Uh, not really, no. Yeah, I was thinking. It was kind of cool in concept of that. In was the anime, they quote like Ephesians. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. When I when I was a boy, I you know I had yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, which yeah, it just oh no, not not Ephesians, uh, Ecclesiastes. I'm sorry. Ecclesiastes. Um, one of those ones that begin with an E. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm pretty sure it's Ecclesiastes. It's like yeah, I'm, uh, I'm growing up. Yeah. 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 And then now I speak for myself. Yeah. But and you know one thing is kind of funny is you know. Um, Majors portrayed, portrayed as female. Twenty five hundred one portrays as male. They have this kind of Adam and Eve thing going yeah. on. But yeah. then, and yet know, they both had a female body in the in the uh, anime. Yeah. Although twenty five hundred one talked like this. Yes. Although yeah. And yeah. With the voice, I couldn't even really think of the entity as uh, well, female. Yeah, it was just, it was just somebody. Yeah. And then yeah, it, you know, know, and body then, of course, then of course, you know, Major shows back up in a four foot, you know, body in a. You know, a sh- a yeah, because I was saying, which makes it kind of weird that Bato's into her now. <laughs> no, he was always. Yeah, he was. That's the thing. That's actually the thing that's really cool about Bato. He literally does not care about the goat, the shell. He oh no, only I cares just, about the ghost. I'm well aware. I'm just uh, saying. But, but we just you know, saying. But you know, had to, I, you know, I, I kind of see that as, oh hey, we have a bunch of Japanese men watching this movie. Let's put her in a schoolgirl. Yeah. Well, it's funny because he says it's really not my taste. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. He doesn't like it. It's just this was what I could get off the black market. <laughs> yeah, which tells you what's on the black market in Japan. Well, that's just plausible deniability. It's like, oh, well, we're just throwing this line here, so hey, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> not uh, my taste. Yeah. So, what more do we have to say? Because at this point, we've hit the forty-five minute mark for talking about live action. Now, I suppose theoretically, we talk about comparisons, even though we've done a lot of that. Already. I think we've done. We kind of combined those two yeah. already. Yeah, it was really hard not to. Indeed. Yeah, and, and and I think that's a disadvantage that the film had going in. Yeah. Right. Um, it's anyone who was a fanboy of Ghost in the Shell was going to yeah. come out like I did. And, and it's it's just like it's very just like conflicted. How, just not like Iron Fist compares to Daredevil and everything else. Yeah. So you know, I really like Iron Fist, but if you compare it to the other Marvel and Netflix especially series, if you compare it, it to Luke. Yeah, it is the weakest. Yeah, it, is the weakest. it is the weakest one, but yeah. I still thoroughly enjoy yeah, it. I, I did too. I haven't finished it quite yet. Um, I've been It's not as compelling. Is he? It really yeah, it, had a really it, good it is, story. It, it has been very easy for me to put down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I watched Luke Cage in two sittings. Yes. Yeah, I, I watched but Luke Cage. Each one had a major... Uh, social or other kind of thing that is like but, a yeah. subplot, yeah. but it's really Iron not Fist fair. Didn't. It's really not fair yeah. comparing any any of the Marvel properties to Luke Cage because I right. am very firmly of the opinion that Luke Cage was absolutely the best one that they've made so far. Still got to go Daredevil in my opinion. Well, well that's a close depends, second. It, it depends on actually. See, the thing is, is they were two very different stories. Yeah, Luke Cage, you know, for. For a okay, I'm mean, going into some controversial territory. Here we go. We're having a whole other tangent. Yeah. Whereas, whereas uh, Luke Cage was 
very culturally driven. Very cultural driven. Story. Yeah, yeah, it was it was you know, and it was made most of the most of the people involved with it were black because Luke Cage is black. It happened in Harlem. You yeah. can only get that with a proper understanding of that culture. Yeah. Uh, which is very integral to the culture of the United States as a whole. Yeah. Daredevil was more about redemption and his battle with himself their as much as with himself. Everyone else. So yeah. yeah, so you had and you, and you know and you you know it's just like their fighting styles were different. Right. You know. <laughs> well, they're they're gonna be when one person has unbreakable skin. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. The other is a boxer. He's bulletproof. <laughs> yeah. Daredevil is not. An yeah. air back boxer. Yeah. yeah air back. You know. So you know. Um, whereas. You know, whereas your your fight choreography in Daredevil between Daredevil and Punisher, very similar, very yeah. brutal, but still yeah. very different. But they could be done by the same team. But anyhow, Ghost in the Shell. So yeah, Ghost now, in the Shell. Now, but then, and that's where this comes back. Ghost I in the think. Shell was very Japanese in its original inception. Yeah. And we're trying to see that Japanese through an American lens. Uh, because nice, 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 uh, <laughs> nice tie-in there. Right? Um, we're, we're trying, to, we're trying to interpret that Japanese through an American lens in the live-action movie, and it does not translate well. No, um, which is not so much a so much a, or you could say, uh, a weakness of the film itself, but I think the true understanding of. The people trying to make the film. There is a certain yeah. level. It's of like that. if the Daredevil team tried to make Luke Cage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which they could they could make something that appeared to be Luke Cage, but it wouldn't be. It wouldn't yeah. have Luke been, Cage. Yeah, it would not have been right. the 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 awesome you know awesome masterpiece that we yeah. got. Yeah, because I almost kind of felt bad for the people who made Iron Fist. Because again, I really liked it. Yeah. But they didn't get any of the subtle subplot stuff that the other series had. I, yeah. Jessica Jones had all the deep psychological shit. Yeah, yeah, and, and Iron it was Fist about was, rape. Yeah. yeah, Iron Fist was a rich guy trying to get his company back. Yeah, and, and because yeah. we've never seen that before. <laughs> well, and, and because also, here's the other thing: is that Iron Fist really was built on a made-up culture. Yeah, yeah, it was not Kunlun. Yeah, Kunlun. Uh, which was, you know, a polyglot of all kinds of other Oriental cultures lumped yes. together, yeah. you know, which Marvel did in the day, which is also where Iron Fist runs into all this, all the whitewashing, whereas Ghost in the Shell runs into the whitewashing because Lead is a white, you know, is a white actress, you know, mm-hmm. but they make the nod, but also Ghost in the Shell, I think, was originally designed to be multicultural to begin with. Right. Well, I think well, it's, yeah. Uh, it, it is worth pointing out that the um, that the anime no one looks particular like right. The the, they the don't only the only people Asian. that look particularly Asian are Aramaki and right. Togusa. Right. And the reason for that is because they're still mostly human. Exactly. Yeah. Once you once you go cyber mm-hmm. You get to look however the hell you want to look. Which, by the way, I think people <laughs> that you're getting up in arms about, they're kind of missing the point where it's like the whole vision of the world is that everyone just kind of becomes this amorphous thing. Yes. Yeah. And it's post-racial. You're just these yes. things. Yeah. You're these husks, yeah. these shells. You are, yeah. The, the real question is, are you human or not? Um, right. Yeah. And especially since, you know, like... And, and just, just basically, I mean, Major looks European. Mm-hmm. 
generally speaking. Yeah. Saito is probably like from South America. Mm-hmm. Like originally actually freaking from South yeah. America. Right. Um um uh Ishikawa is like he looks like he's from the Ozarks. Yeah. <laughs> no, I swear to god, he looks like <laughs> uh, he looks like his own, uh, like an Ozark farmer. Yeah, the beard and all that shit. If America, <laughs> if America was to do an <laughs> adaptation of like um, Full Metal Alchemist, that's another one where the cast shouldn't be all. Yeah, no, honestly, they should have they should cast almost pure Europeans. Yeah. Because it is set in fictional Europe. Well, yes. with all the different looks as far as like you know Austin specifically <laughs> fictional Germany. As far as ostensible nationalities, maybe it's not so much SEAL Team 6 as it is Rainbow 6. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, see what you did there. Yeah, well done. Without getting too deep into the whether there is or isn't whitewashing in Hollywood, uh, Japan is making a Full Metal Alchemist movie, and virtually the entire cast is Asian. And they recognize that, yes, they're not in the manga and in the anime, they are not all Asian. Yeah. This is what we have to work with. Right. Which well, is like, this, which is why everyone in Japan doesn't complain when we do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they realize you know, it's people hey, here who complain. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and they know I, that's because well, people here have a right to complain, mostly not because, uh, not not because different cultures aren't being properly uh, represented, represented, but because the American acting populace isn't being properly represented. True. We are there are the the, yeah. the problem with whitewashing in in uh, in cinema is not that we keep casting white folks. It is uh, it, it because when you know the cast when the, the when the job really should be um you know, when the when the role really should be you know someone who looks Asian or Hispanic or what have right. you. But the ca- problem is we keep casting white folks. When there's so many good Asian or Hispanic actors that just get completely passed over. For example, 47 Ronin, even though Keanu Reeves is like a 16th Chinese, I think, <laughs> uh, they could have gotten somebody who actually looked half like it was the yeah. character was supposed yeah. to be. Right. But it's also being claimed in a lot of places where, it, like Iron Fist, the, the character is supposed to be a white boy. And right. People are saying, yeah, oh, it should be an Asian that's, guy. It, that's just people being ignorant of the source. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's bullshit not knowing, knowing about the, the source material. Yeah. But no, the, the, the general problem with whitewashing isn't so much that they're casting uh, white folks where the white, where it shouldn't, where it, where, you know, where it, it's the problem is that white folks get all the, all the roles. As opposed to uh, Hollywood being more inclusive in its hiring practices. I think a good example of <laughs> a diverse cast without tooting its own horn a lot is Rogue One. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Rogue That's how great. it should be done. You and should be like, even, look at how diverse of, we are. Just have a diverse yeah, cast yeah. and don't acknowledge it. They didn't or, for that matter, Power Rangers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for Rogue One, they didn't go out of their way to be diverse. It's just... Okay, this is the character we have in mind. Who right. would be best for it? Man, Donnie Yen would be great in this role. Yeah, right. they made that. Let's cast Donnie Yen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it works so much better than you know. You don't want people. People can usually instinctively tell when it's pandering. Yeah. And that and that is that you know that's counterproductive. In yeah. Life. Which is why yeah. I also say a really good example of non-whitewashed casting was Power Rangers. Yeah. 
they didn't make a big deal out of the fact that Billy was black or was autistic, although the actor is not autistic, but he did very, but he did his, the he did his well. homework right. yeah. on, on, on uh, displaying, you know, some of well, the Well, the originals, I mean, they've always had a diverse cast. In yeah, that's, that's actually something Power Rangers has always been very good at, about yeah. having a diverse cast, which is cool. Yeah. Um, but especially since they don't bother to mention it, although a lot of... Uh, a lot of news news people picked up like, hey, they've got a black kid who's also autistic and a lesbian. Hey, yay, inclusivity. The problem with casting is now over in Hollywood. It's not no. over. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and or there are people who are saying, oh, look at this. They're trying to... No, they're not. They're not, it's, they're it's, not trying to pander either. They just yeah. was like, hey, um, we, we, want, we want people to play... A, yeah, roles and and, and <laughs> where their weaknesses, where their strengths. Yeah, it's, there's yeah. a lot of roles that have even been offered to different races, and they like <laughs> Neo was supposed to be Will Smith, and he turned it down. Right. Yeah. Which uh, thing? To make Wild Wild West. I would like. To point, oh, yeah. I would like to point out. That's like right up there with Microsoft and IBM. It's like we don't need your puny company. I would like to half point out. Thank God for that. It's kind of like how Sean Connery turned down Gandalf. Gandalf yeah. to go be, and then later was like, I should have. I should have been Gandalf. Yeah. So he was in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Can you imagine the 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 Neo Woe scene with Will Smith? Bag. No. Wow. Yeah, I, well, Will it Smith would make it hard. Like, yeah, Will Smith would be like, Whoa. Holy shit! And it would just be like, so over the top and ridiculous. No. I am I am actually very thankful that they... Oh, yeah. I actually think Keanu did a great job. But that, did. that kind of stuff happens a lot, though. We're like, yeah. hey, we tried. Of course, yeah. Yeah, no. Man, we are way off topic, by the way. Yes. Um, yeah, we are. Well, we're, we're kind of covering things that are, that are being... Very tangential to the whole what yeah. thing. Um... So that's one of my biggest pet peeves about this movie, though, was the overall claim of whitewashing. When for this movie, it was not really yeah. an issue at all. Yeah, the, the casting. No, it really. The casting for this movie was practically perfect. Yeah, well, yeah. except Scarlett Johansson was given bad directing. <laughs> but that's not her. That's not. No, the, that was. That's not so much that the was casting. not at all Scarlett Johansson's fault. Yeah, because even yeah. the creator was like, she's perfect. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, when Masamune Shiro it's, says, "Yeah, she can play the major," it's the same yeah. thing I tell people. About. There's a, big, a major change in his bank account, or he's right. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people complain about Hayden Christensen in the prequels, and it was not his fault. And Hayden Christensen can, in fact, act. Yeah. Yeah. I know this may come as a shock to people who haven't <laughs> seen him in anything else, but he is not a bad actor. Yeah. George Lucas is a horribly bad director. Yeah, go see Shattered Glass. And thank me later. Yeah, or even Jumper, you know, was pretty good. There's yeah. one on Netflix he did with uh, Nicolas Cage. I can't remember what it's called, but it was actually pretty good. It sounds it sounds marvelous anyway. Yeah, because anything Nicolas Cage in is in, even if it's not good, is a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Because so Nicolas Cage, is Apprentice, man. Yeah, it's not going to be one of those best movie ever, but I really enjoyed watching it. It was very different yeah. for the Sorcerer's Apprentice was fun. It was for uh, Hayden a, Christensen. I can't even step on an airplane. Yeah. It's a good thing I brought a uh, brought a uh, brought an eagle then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want a sequel to that so bad. That would be uh, fun. I do too. It won't ever happen. Anywho, um, but yeah, yeah I, um, think, I think we're starting to tangent. Yeah, we 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 are letting any, ourselves any final devolve. thoughts. Um, it's really, really good. Um, oh, one other thing to say, just to further impress upon one people, thing. uh, f to further impress on, upon people why you should see the anime, um, and actually specifically the series, 
because uh, the anime actually did not have this, but the series, Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex, music by the Yoko Kano, um, the, the person who did all the music for Cowboy Bebop. Oh, nice. Um, all the music for The Vision of Escaflone. Um, all the vision, all the music for, um, okay. Typic- a lot of really good anime yeah. music. <laughs> yeah, typically, it, at this point, um, even before Cowboy Bebop, where she cemented herself as the crazy superstar of scores, she was, she is frequently credited as the legendary Yoko Kano. And she earns that epithet. I think to this day... Cowboy Bebop is still one of my favorite intros. Cowboy Bebop yeah. is okay. Okay, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> little more, little more diversion. Cowboy Bebop has a soundtrack that is eight CDs long <laughs> for a twenty-six episode and a movie series. What's a CD? <laughs> <laughs> Including like various remixes that she wrote and remixed and he gods and small fishes. Yeah. Um, so, um, and actually, I've, I've got to say um, one of my final thoughts on on but yeah, the go anime. see go see it. Yeah, the anime, the music, and the mood setting and the scene setting. It makes it its own part of the entertainment, and it's worth seeing it just for that and experiencing that different type of entertainment. If you are the kind of person who likes to score things on Rotten Tomatoes, and I'm turning into that sort of person, <laughs> um, I, I'm thinking of starting a, 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 tomato, a Tomatoes account so I can score movies that I've seen. I'm also thinking of maybe starting a, street, a Steam Curator page because I have opinions in a platform, <laughs> um, and I want to be able to make my opinions known. Um, that's a good way to organize your opinions, too. I would give this movie a solid three and a half to four stars, or however Tomatoes yeah, does this thing. The live action? The live action. Yeah, I would yeah. give it... I would, like, give, I would it give it three, three and, and three-quarters star. Yeah, I would give it a solid We're talking three Tomatoes is a percentage system. Fine. I would give it... I would give it, like, an 80... 75? Well, 75, 80. Some, somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah. I would give it a C plus. Yeah. I'd give it a low B. A low B, uh, yeah, a C plus or maybe a B minus. Yeah, um, I'm right there with you. Because the, there were so many things where it where it would be done that where it was done almost right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it got a lot of things. Almost it's like right. not. It's not so much that anything that was there was bad. It just like you said, it was the missed opportunities of the movie. Yeah, yeah, it, it was failed to seeing. live up to its. It failed to yeah. live up to the because name. yeah, they took on a big mantle when they took on the Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, when they took on the name Ghost in the Shell. Not even having seen it, I knew they'd taken on a big Yeah. Because I'd still heard of it and how groundbreaking it was. Ghost in the Shell is is one of those words where I was talking about it with my dad. Yeah. And I, and I, I love my dad, but our interests do not <laughs> mingle. Like, yeah. do not commingle at all. Right. We've never um, even met. <laughs> well, no, no, we will occasionally. Yeah, our interests pretty much like we will occasionally find something where we where we can talk about it with each other. Um, we like westerns. Um, <laughs> well, good. Then you need to read my book. Yeah. Um, I can give him a copy. Blood book. Blood. Uh, anyhow, in any case, because um, I don't even have an e-reader. Um, <laughs> I bought your. 
I got a phone, I guess. Uh, so you got a phone, you got a In any case, um, but I, when I mentioned talking about Ghost in the Shell, he's like, I've heard about that. <laughs> right. To, to come all the way back around. My dad, who does not know anime from anything. The only anime I've ever gotten him to watch was Bakano. It's such a good anime. Um, he really liked it too, but uh, <laughs> but about, it's about the only thing I've ever gotten him to watch. And he has heard about Ghost of the Shell. He's, he doesn't know anything about it, but he yeah. recognizes the name. Right. Well, the name is basically a rephrase of the Ghost in the Machine, which is a very old concept. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And and I think it's, it's the title itself evokes something. Oh yeah. You know, which it, they didn't, which they failed to deliver on. Agreed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They but, tried yeah. really hard and they came really close. Mm-hmm. Now, if I was to do the anime, yeah, uh, I would have to give it four and a half out of five stars. Uh, the only reason is, is be- only reason I would give it something different is because I'm an American and it's a Japanese animation, and it's slightly outside of my context. Yeah. Um, I re- I personally really love that aesthetic, so I complain not a not a job. Yeah. And it looks like we did get to almost two hours. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> I did promise you that at the beginning. So, um, it's hard for me to quantify a score for it. Yeah. It, just, it was an experience. Yeah, I don't and like I scoring movies. It's, I, I enjoy it. Yeah. I enjoy it. Would I, see I it again? don't tend to like to score movies either. Um, but yeah. that that is the... It's the language that so many people speak when it comes to movies yeah. that I've had to well, learn. That, to and here's here my caveat here is that I usually don't hesitate to score movies. I'm pretty like, hey, that was about a seven, that was about an eight or whatever. I'm I'm cool with that usually. But Ghost in the Shell, the original anime for me, it's just such a like unique um, I, experience. I, it, it's it's hard to quantify I, it. I, I give it I, I give it. Um, and Four point three shells. I, I don't I, know how that works. I, I, give, I give it pi out of the square root of negative one. <laughs> uh, if I were if I were to score movies, the only ones I think I could score are ones that are based off of my fandoms, like new Star Wars movies, new mm-hmm. Marvel yeah. movies, mm-hmm. and it would be based off of how many fangasms I have watched. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, they like see how they have the the theme popping up when all yeah, the swords yeah. are going through. This right. Is, <laughs> How many nerdgasms? Yeah. 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 By the way, props again to Ron Wasserman. Thank you so much, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know you're listening. Well, you might be, actually. I gave you a link in my email. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he seems like the sort of person that might, which would be kind of cool. Uh, I'm sure you're a busy man, though, so. Thank you. Uh, anyhow, um, yeah. Um, my yeah, my uh, my my final thoughts again. Um, <laughs> final final thoughts. You should see. This is getting as bad as Final Fantasy. See the movie. <laughs> um, see the live action movie because it is a very it is a very pretty movie. It, it and honestly, as much as it, it is as much as it is light, um, Ghost in the Shell. It's still I I still think actually it's a little heavier. Mm-hmm. Psychologically, than most movies, and I think it would be it would be a, a good idea to um, encourage the uh, production of movies that work on more than one level. Right. Yes. Even though this doesn't, even though this doesn't get on the level of the original, 
it's still it's still a level or two above. It's a step in the, the right standard direction. American movie. So yeah, it is it worth seeing. Right uh, it is it is worth seeing from um, an economic standpoint to yeah. encourage the production of more movies. You don't like want to you don't want to punish it for what it's not. You want to encourage it for what it is. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. And it's it like is worth seeing in that regard. Yeah, now, if you like are a super whole... hardcore fan of the anime of the anime, like I am. Try to shut that part of your brain off. Turn that part of your brain <laughs> off and enjoy the movie for what it is because it is still pretty good. Right. Um, it's like the Tarkin thing in, in Rogue One. Yeah. Should they have done it? Yes. Did they do it perfectly? No. no. Could they have done it perfectly? No. No. But it was it was a step in the right direction. Yeah. Although it... And also, go buy the anime. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I got my DVD of it for five bucks at Walmart. Yeah, I, I was I, amazed to see it on the shelves at Walmart. I think I saw the Blu-ray for the anime for like 15 on Amazon. Yeah. 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 Get it. Well, it's like you yeah. said, Neil, it's a household name. Yeah, yeah, it is well, a household is... name, but still... Walmart... Yeah, and, and I'm talking known for their anime selection. Yeah, and, and also, it, it, was, it wasn't in the $5 bin. It was on the shelf. Yeah. Yeah. Which I was like... What? Walmart might actually start carrying it now that the movie's out. I think that was actually why it was on the shelf was because yeah. uh, Ghost of the Shell yeah. had a trailer that had come out recently. Hulu just suddenly had everything yeah. right. yeah. after the movie. It's also on Hulu. Um, now, interestingly, you enough, can also buy it on Steam. Oddly enough, yeah, yeah. Now, Steam is starting to get video, and I'm not sure how I feel about that. Yeah. Interestingly enough, in the trailers, there was a comedy. With Scarlett Johansson in it, called Rough Night. Yes, Kate the, McKinnon and Scarlett Johansson and what? a couple others. It's a female version of The Hangover. Essentially, yeah. Or Weekend at Bernie's. It's like we a combination saw of different. The two. Neil and I saw different trailers. Yeah. yeah. Oh Essentially, no! You mean in the in the trailers, like in the in the film trailers, mm-hmm. the IMAX trailers did not have anything like that. Nope. Yeah. Because we went and saw IMAX 3D. Um, it is also a movie that I actually do really recommend the 3D experience on. Yeah, I think it was worth it. Um, it was quite good. Um, if you can get high-quality digital production, i.e., if you can get IMAX 3D. Yep. <laughs> yeah. The only time I'll ever recommend 3D is IMAX 3D. You're right. Because yep. um, I've seen non-IMAX 3D, and it just hurts my eyes. Yep. <laughs> Not necessarily in 3D, but I would love to see the original anime movie in on a big screen. Yeah. Oh, I would love that. Hey, Hollywood type types that obviously listen to this podcast, yeah, make that happen. Make that should happen. Um, I think I think we've I think we've rambled on enough. Yep. Um, not quite two hours. We're seven minutes shy of that. So what other tangent can we go on? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the series I could I could wax poetic about the about the oh, series. We'll be here for another two hours. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the series is really really good. Um, honestly, I think it's better than the movie, but that's because they get thirteen hours. Well, yeah, yeah, an hour you and have half. the time to explore all that detail. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You get to have an entire episode where um, where the robots where the robot tanks with annoying high pitched voices stand around and talk philosophically about the meaning of life and existence tanks. for 30 minutes yeah, tanks you, are you remember this. the spider tank yeah and it's smaller version blue brightly colored and with the and with, and with the uh, with the voices of prepubescent girls that is ridiculous yes. talking about the meaning of life and yeah like quoting Nietzsche and shit 
God. <laughs> it's, the, it's the only time those tanks are tolerable. And it's a re- it's actually it's a, hilarious. It's a really good. good episode because they're they are childlike, but they're also super intelligent. Right. So they are trying to they're trying to work out what is this thing called life. Your meaning is to blow shit up. You are a tank. Right? Well, sort of. Anyway, they're they're. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> well, we just saying I solved it, you guys. Standalone complex, but not solid, solid state society, worth seeking out as well. Um, music by Yoko Kata. I love her. Marry me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Alright. Anyhow, yeah. Uh, next week, I think we're still talking about media. <laughs> um, it's hard not to. Yeah, well, yeah. Is. Well, right now it we're in a target-rich environment, and we got to hit while the iron's hot. Um, yeah. Because this is I think this we're is getting a little bit of a week. break though from new movies. Yeah, I think now we're. Ta- I think next week we're going to talk about Iron Fist. Um, okay. Or yeah, Logan, we if we can get people to see Logan. Yeah, Logan is awesome. Yeah, Logan's yeah, it really was. Logan, ben, uh, I, Iron Fist, I've already seen. So. Ben, you should see Logan. Too. <laughs> Go see Logan. You, you would you would like Logan. So all right. Um, but yeah. Um, we do promise to get back to our other nonsense at some point. Talk about video games or anime or books or games, tabletop games. There's a lot of crossover. We, in we did, in fact, record an episode Ben and I of uh, of us playing the Dresden Files cooperative card game, and uh, and it's a and it will be an early review of the game because it is not on store shelves yet. Yeah. <laughs> and I've got full permission from Evil Hat to do that. That there's no uh, there's no review embargo or anything. Okay. Because they had they didn't even think to consider having their B one. No taxi backsies. It's like they're like we're pretty sure that's fair use, man. I was like, so you don't have an embargo? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, but yeah, we've got a lot of stuff coming down the pipe. I've got a couple top tens that we can throw at uh, throw at you at some point too. Um, because I know everyone likes me just talking to a microphone about top tens so much. Comments, it's, leave them. Yes, talk um, to us. I really, we really would appreciate comments or emails. I know we say that we read all of them. That's really easy right now. Because so, I, mean, I get maybe one. Even suggestions every on stuff to talk yeah. about. Yeah, you want if there's something you would like to hear us talk about, send me an email. If you'd like to be a guest on the show. Um, <laughs> That has a little bit more harder, harder vetting process, but still, <laughs> send me an email. Um, on our website, there's a contact us link. Also, you can have my email address, neil.cordray@gmail.com. I will get so much spam now, but <laughs> that's okay. It's also on the website, yep. um, and I have Gmail, so I have a good spam filter. Um, yeah, send us an email. Send us a comment. Share it on Facebook. I know we say this in the in the outro, but no one listens to the outro apparently. Send us money, <laughs> please. I'm still I'm still losing money on this operation, uh, just not quite as much, not quite as quickly. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm. We'll stop begging now. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, we will see you. Will well, we won't see you. <laughs> it's so hard to to not say that, but we'll be back. Same bat time, same bat channel. Uh, that is to say, the internet. Um, This podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It was brought to you by Section 9. Opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm, and ending theme is March of the Mind, both by Kevin MacLeod. 
If you enjoyed this podcast or know someone who would, please consider sharing it on your social media, sending us an email, or leaving us a comment. We read all of them. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us, either by donating on our website or at Patreon at patreon.com slash workingtheory. A final thought. What is your ghost whispering to you? <laughs>